0: Your attention is precious. Hold in a million directions for a million different reasons. Blue Cross Blue Shield of South Carolina works hard to make sure your health insurance isn't one of the many things distracting you from what's important. By making healthcare easier to navigate, we help keep your focus on the moments that matter most. Like dinner with loved ones. Letting you focus on you. That's the Benefit of Blue. Learn more at BenefitofBlueSC.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for
2: details.
1: I just want... Man, I just want to stop burying my friends.
3: Have there been uh, a lot that you've lost to to suicide since More
1: after than I did to it. My summer... My whole year, but in, t- in particular my summer, is just pockmarked with anniversaries and deaths, and it's just you know, it's it's hard, it's hard. I mean, each time it happens, each time it happens, I feel like there's a wall between not doing it and doing it to like it lessens. right? I was looking at this thing somebody sent me, and they said the suicide rate might as be as high as forty four a day. I was just like, holy shit. I'd like to make it and that far, but sometimes it feels insurmountable. That's what I think like veteran with the sun really is. Is like the goal at the end of the day is to kind of take a little bit of piss out of us in the right way and be like, hey, I love you. Yeah. It's all right, I love you. Yeah. You're worth, You're stay, you're worth fighting for, like for real. Because that's, I mean, of all the things that like changes a family forever, there's there's nothing I can think that's more impactful
0: yeah, yeah.
1: in the worst ways.
3: Welcome to Mic Drop, the podcast where relevancy is irrelevant and we don't give a shit about your feelings. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, it's both an honor and a pleasure to welcome my next guest to the podcast. He spent four years with the 1st Battalion, Six Marines. He did two combat Afghanistan deployments. He's the creator of Veteran with a Sign. We'll call it a brand. And he's generally a good guy with a really shitty attitude. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage. Veteran with a Sign, a.k.a. Zach Bell.
1: Thank you so much. I, uh... I'll have to pay somebody for that intro. That was, yeah. that was the best uh, summation of my life I've there's, ever heard. There's
3: a tip jar by the door, so you can just throw that in there and ring the bell when you when you walk out for good service. It's like Arby's. Yeah.
1: You you SEALs really got a thing with, like, ringing bells, yeah. huh?
3: Well, I don't. Some, some do. No,
1: yeah. <laughs> they didn't make it out, yeah. I've,
3: I've never done it, but uh, what was the first sign that you ever made?
1: What was the first sign I ever made? Yeah. Um, the first one I ever made was uh, drink water... Uh, take Motrin and change your socks.
3: And that, uh, well, we'll get into kind of how it spawned uh-huh. from there, I guess. But um, a, a couple of sign related questions, just because it's such a a big part of kind of what you've uh, created, which I love. I think it's it's awesome. Um, have you ever been assaulted for a sign that you've held? Like, has anybody ever attacked you over one?
1: Not yet. I mean, are, oh, yeah. you, are you starting to do it? I, I mean, there's a few Navy SEAL ones out yeah, there, so yeah. I feel like this is a warm-up.
3: I think, uh, you know, to me, it like, I think you're doing it right if somebody's, like, tried to run you over or gotten out of their car and tackled you, like.
1: I have been honked at a lot. Yeah. Like, a lot. Was well, be- that
3: part of the sign, like, honk if you're blank or. People no, say, it
1: wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't. Because, like, when I do it, it'll be, like, me and you should my wife. Yeah. And she's so pumped. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, like, uh, we'll go and i am like, I'll, there's two sides to each piece of cardboard, right? Yeah. so, like, I write it and I flip it. And so that's. That's two content pieces. And then, yeah. like, I'll pivot and, like, I'll pick a bunch of them up, and then people will, like, honk if, if they can read them or, like, they'll slow down. And yeah. Then yeah. Like, what, what's that? Like
3: what the yeah. fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a lot of that. If you had to pick a favorite sign that you've done, what would that be? And you can't not, not pick, you have to pick.
1: Mm, a favorite? Yeah. Um. I don't know. I'm trying not to be too divisive, but
3: I think you should try to be
1: divisive. <laughs> I mean, uh, I I think uh, I think my favorite like satirical one is "Every Marine is not a Rifleman." <laughs>
3: <laughs> that didn't start any fights.
1: Oh, it did. Yeah, it did. Um, because every Marine is not a rifleman. It's yeah. just a marketing campaign they came up with a long time ago, yeah. and so like everyone's stuck to it. Yeah, and I was an infantry rifleman, so I take umbrage with it. Right. Yeah. Sure. it'd be like saying every seal's a dog trainer yeah they're not yeah um but nobody goes to enlist over like being other jobs and yeah. so um everyone is given like a basic amount of knowledge um and i didn't like how it kind of watered it does water down the trade craft the it well, goes with the position
3: to me it's like when um when the army gave everybody black braids, like it really fucked the Rangers over and then they make them wear tan ones. Like, I think it's Yeah, that's yeah. there's up. there's so many weird,
1: like floppy hats. They all look yep. like failed pastry chefs, yep. <laughs> in my opinion.
3: Uh, I'm going to take a, a quick break. I, I do want to let you guys know um, the way that you can support the show is to support our sponsors. Uh, I know some people don't like to hear ads, but uh, that's how I do what I do for a living. So Uh, Any support you can show for our gracious sponsors is much appreciated, and again, it does, uh, does support the show, so thank you.
1: Cause like I don't get it. Um, yeah. I've always found that fascinating. That our I don't know if all militaries do it, but our military definitely does it. Is we take like pieces of like other countries' culture, and we're like, yeah. yeah, take that from that. Like,
3: yeah, I mean, I think uh, I I don't know that I'd say every other country does it, but I think that's you know it's kind of part of what America is. Is you know from an immigration standpoint mm-hmm. and kind of taking the best from from everywhere and putting it into our own own thing so i guess from that standpoint it kind of makes sense but it, it seems like i would say if you had to kind of pinpoint one country that we've piggybacked the most off of obviously it's the brits but um there's still of course some some pretty significant disparities for one we kicked their ass you know so that's number 1 but
1: hey you know uh, somebody's
3: got to win somebody's got to yeah, lose that's right what uh, what is your best childhood memory
1: um Hmm. Probably spending time with my grandfather.
3: Did you, it was like fishing or stories or what, uh, just in general?
1: He was a, he was a general contractor and he would, uh, he had some land Mm -hmm. and he would drive us around on it and he called it Smithville and he, he would like say like, this is like where stuff was and it was not, it was just like farmland. Oh, that's cool. And, uh, but he would like teach me stuff about like being a man and like fixing things.
3: Was, uh. Was that kind of in, in place of your dad or in addition to? Mm-hmm.
1: Him? Yeah. 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 just got kind of like the classic, like he wasn't around. Yeah. They got divorced when I was really young as a whole thing, but like he was there and he would uh, teach us a bunch of stuff. And like, I remember like eating like out of his garden cause people used to actually have gardens yeah. where they grow stuff out of and he would make me uh, eat vegetables with him every morning, drink coffee or he would like go tend to the vegetables.
3: Go out to the garden with a salt shaker.
1: Yeah, yeah yeah and we would eat tomatoes like yeah. they were apples. It's yeah. cra- It's the only tomato I've ever liked um' uh,
3: t- yeah shit growing out of your own garden just uh, it's just different tastes different yeah the, you know, but what's the uh, the fa- the fast the last full book you've read
1: i'm I'm going through right now is kitchen confidential um I'm almost done with it, but it's just the audio book and oh, it's okay. Anthony Bourdain's book that like sent him and propelled him into fame, oh okay. Um, He's such a good storyteller and he has this very uh, distinct way of talking. Yeah. That's like, it's beautiful.
3: Are you into uh, cooking?
1: I am. Yeah. Like I'm not big timer. I'm not good at it, but like, yeah. it's something that like I'm passively like.
0: Yeah. I'm yeah. looking
1: for hobbies that are like outside of like starting a coffee company or yeah. like something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I hear I'm trying to break the mold wherever I can.
3: Yeah. I, I dig it. I mean, I think uh, you know, being a little bit out of the box from a veteran standpoint is is good and important because we do get kind of key holed into a lot of the same uh, same things. You know,
1: we definitely play it safe. Yeah. Uh,
3: what is your morning routine on a typical day when you're in town?
1: So my morning routine is I get up with my wife and um, my kids, get them prepped for school, and then going through all the projects we have to do in our new home. We're doing things like updating fixtures and outlets and. The floors are literally getting redone today. Yeah. And uh things like that. And then just um looking through all the work I have to do for my job, uh where I work out with Black Rifle Coffee and um all the other stuff I do with veteran with design.
0: Yeah.
3: What uh what do you do at Black Rifle?
1: I help them to create content in particular like stuff for Tennessee.
3: Oh, okay. That's is that uh in is in regards to the uh, the plant that's there or
1: yeah, yeah. so um I think 90% of the items that are sold, coffee, uh, of the coffee that's sold, comes from uh, a place, uh, Manchester, Tennessee, which is famous for Bonnaroo, right, the big outdoor festival that comes there all, uh, once a year, and uh, now Black Rifle Coffee, which yeah. is actually called Coffee County.
3: Oh, no shit. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's I That's cool. I don't know if they knew that when they did it, but yeah. like it's, it's really cool that it happened that way. Yeah, that's awesome.
3: Uh, where are you originally from?
1: I'm originally from Memphis. Oh, really? Yeah.
3: So you're a Tennessee boy born and born and raised the whole whole time? Yeah, until I die. Yeah, no oh, shit. Yeah. Like, you love that fucking state. You're a volunteer.
1: <sighs> I didn't say that. <laughs> I mean, Knoxville's cool, but it's just like it's got its own thing, too. I mean, Tennessee, so it's got the, the three stars, and it's for the three different types of uh, geography that are there, geography that are there. And, um, you yeah, know, I grew up in Memphis, and that's a very um, interesting place to grow up. Yeah. Um, it's very diverse. It's, um, at that time in particular, it was not the best place to live. Yeah. Um, and it hasn't gotten better from what I understand, but I was really anxious to enlist in the Marines to say the least. And, uh, Nashville where I live now is, you know, it's the capital of the state. It's very famous for, um, all the bachelorette parties that happen, the music that's there, and it's got a real kind of a creator vibe to it. And yeah. I, you know, I like uh, being outside and it's nice.
3: Yeah. I mean, it seems like, uh, Nashville is, is a lot like, most places in Texas, as far as people are are moving there in fucking droves, like it's just exploding, right? Can I swear? Yeah, I wish you yeah. would. Okay, you you wish I would. If if, if you don't, I'd be disappointed. Okay. Yeah. Again,
1: I wanna I wanna listen and obey. Yeah. I, I understand. Is that right? Yeah, I understand. No. Um, Wait, what are we talking about? <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, <laughs> this couch is really throwing me off. Just two dudes. And, yeah. Um, no. Well, there, um, can, there can be more. No, no, we're fine. No, <laughs> we're fine. Good. Uh, no, it's um it's it's weird because it, it took COVID for people to realize that places like New York and LA and Chicago sucked. Yeah. I knew that the first second I was there at any one of those places. Yeah. And so um, I'm kind of endlessly fascinated with that concept that like people for so long like put themselves in these positions in these places that just you know aren't the best place to live. I mean I don't know I guess businesses and stuff were there but it doesn't seem like fun to me in general. Right. Like New York's crowded, you know, L.A.'s like a failed state, basically. And, like, I just don't get it. So people are, like, pulling into Texas and Tennessee and the South. But we're full, like, go away. Yeah. Like, we don't need any more. I'm set. Yeah, I think it's
3: the same way here. I mean, it seems like Tennessee, Texas, and Florida, like, half mm-hmm. the country has moved to one of those three places in the last two years.
1: Yeah, the SEC. Like, the yeah. South's always been yeah. awesome. Yeah. Like, it's, it's nothing new. <laughs> like,
3: yeah. yeah, no shit. Yeah. Yeah, the yes, SEC, I mean, that's a whole other fucking story, but Jesus. They just, uh, man, it's like a it's like the pros versus the rest of college. you know. Yeah,
1: it's great. Yeah.
3: Uh, did you have siblings growing up?
1: I do. I have a brother and a half-sister. Either of them serve? Mm-mm, you know? just me. Were
3: they supportive of you doing it? mm mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, did you play any sports in high school?
1: I was what can only be described as a troubled youth. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, if you can believe it
3: it's hard to believe. Um, I think you should delve into that. And
1: I mean, so my parents got divorced when I was really, really young. Um, you know, it was just a classic, um, you know, raising of like, you know, my father was an alcoholic and abusive and all these things. And so I got divorced when I was really young and we lived in lots of different places until my mother met my stepfather. Yeah. And, um, about every year until my sophomore year of school. I switched schools every year. Oh, wow. So I was not really attached to anyone. I'm, I'm not really attached. Like, I don't have that idea of like, I went to this place yeah. or this amount of time.
3: There's no alma mater for you.
1: Um, I mean, not really. I graduated from a very, very small, independent Baptist school. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was a class of twenty eight. I Holy was the twenty eighth person, and like, yeah, yeah, it was wild. <laughs> Dead last, huh? It was wild, yeah. and they, I mean, they, they treated me like a like a raccoon. They were trying yeah. to like house train, yeah, like because they had they, they'd all been together at a small independent Baptist um, upbringing for a long time, and I was like a you know I was like a wild animal. Yeah. that got brought in
3: you come in and fuck everything up a
1: dumb wild animal that got brought in i remember that because i was so far behind in everything yeah
3: so you didn't play any sports Mm -mm. no No, i was just
1: like never around i mean like i did like baseball and stuff but it would be like through like church leagues and like upwards and things like that but
3: i mean would you character characterize yourself as athletic as a kid growing up
1: yeah i would i mean i would say so but like Oh, and my kids are doing like sports in their schools now. That's just not something that was like ever available. And, yeah. Like we didn't really have the finances yeah. either. Like I yeah. kind of always got the feeling that like we just did the free stuff. Yeah. Cuz we did. That's <laughs> yeah. what it was.
3: Where where did the uh the switch happen or the the incentive to join the military? Like what what was the the turning point? 9/11. Really? 9/11, yeah. Like just hands down, that
1: hands down. 9-11. Yeah. I mean, I, I, my uncle served in the Marines too, um, in the first Gulf War.
3: Yeah. So, wh- I, where were you at when that happened?
1: I was walking to school. I was walking to the school bus stop, actually.
3: Yeah. In, in what grade?
1: Okay, so two thousand one. I graduated. I think. I think it's either seventh or eighth grade.
0: I can't yeah. remember. Wow.
1: Um, but I remember I was walking to the school bus stop. My mother called and she's like, "I need you to stay home. I don't know what's happening," and I. Uh, you know, the handle at the top of the backpack. I used to call it the little brother handle because I'd always pull him him around by it. Yeah. And so I was like, hey, come here. And he's like, we're going to be late. And we've gotten in trouble, you know, like, we were late and all these different things. I was like, come back. And he's like, I'm not going, I'm going. And I was like, we got to get back inside. And I I remember I turned on the TV and uh, she was just like, turn it to the news, my mother. And uh, when I did, I turned it on. I don't know what channel it was, but I think it was everywhere at that time. Yeah. The second plane made impact, uh I don't know how quickly after turned on, but it felt like immediately. Yeah. I remember watching it live, just
3: and and it was basically right then you're like, I'm joining the military.
1: Well, like as the events started to unfold and everything and I'd always, you know, heard about the military and all the different things. You know, I didn't I didn't really do a lot of the like um digging and like learning about stuff that I should have done. Yeah. Um there was no one there was really no one there to teach me either. Mm-hmm. Um like, about, like, if you want to be an officer, you got to get a congressman to, like, write off. And yeah. To go to, like, one of the academies or go to ROTC. Like, I didn't know any of that stuff. Um, I was like, I just want to serve and fight and protect my country. Yeah. And there was an opportunity for them to pay for college and do all these things and advance myself. And historically, there is no greater, like, ladder or path to success um, or climbing socioeconomically than the military. Like, it's the number one way to, like, change your families. Yeah. Um generationally. Yeah,
3: no, for sure. Um, so for all of high school, were you pretty dialed in as far as wanting to do that, or did that waver and kind of move around at all?
1: Um, I mean, like high school, because I was, I was, you know, really troubled. Um,
3: well, Like by troubled, what do you mean? Like drugs, fucking breaking shit, stealing stuff? All the above. Like everything? Like
1: all the above, yeah. Like I, I just looked at, I was like, I, I just want to do whatever I want whenever I want it.
3: So I, I and guess there was no one
1: there. My mom was like working. I had a car. Like if I had money in my pocket, I was going to like make
3: chaos. Were you dealing drugs and shit to get money? Mm, nope. No. Nope. Stealing shit? Like how were you getting money? I mean, and like I had I had
1: I had jobs so my stepfather um owned a, a chain of auto shops and I would work for him. I worked for him during the summer and I bought a um, a Ford Ranger from him. Oh, okay. And he bought from AutoZone. Yeah. This is one of their parts delivery vehicles. It was the first car I ever had, but Yeah. And then I was in high school when I was old enough to drive, I was working at UPS.
3: Really? And Cause uh 'cause they have
1: they pay a lot and you only work four hours at a time. And yeah. so I would drive home, drop my brother off, go to work, be done by like eight thirty or nine, and they pay a lot.
3: So the uh
1: and then I was just like drinking. You know, just doing like dumb high school stuff. I I don't know. Like all the stuff that like I don't want my children to do, I was doing. Yeah.
3: So But I guess the to me it, it seems um I don't know contradictory counterintuitive a little bit like if you're kind of singularly focused on joining the military and and wanting to you know protect freedom and serve your country and <laughs> all of that while at the same time kind of just like fucking off and doing dumb shit it, it seems a little opposing.
1: Well so my life until I turned 18 I just viewed as not my own is the best way to describe it. Like, I didn't have enough freedom to do all the things I wanted to do. I didn't have access or resources. And, like, I'd always wanted – I'd always had this idea of the military, but after 9-11, I was like, I'm going to do it. And then as I got closer, I did start to have some hesitancy of, like, what it meant. Yeah. But I don't know if you remember, in, like, 2006, 2007, they were throwing around cash like it was nobody's business. Oh, yeah. Like thirty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 on entry and – Reenlistment bonuses—it was crazy. Yeah, I think
3: they're doing that again now because they're having such a hard time attracting people with the uh, woke mob mentality that the uh, upper echelon of, if you want to call it, leadership is uh, enacting on the military. But yeah, which
1: is wild because they have the they had a complete opposite problem when I was going in. Like, yeah. they didn't even like leave the recruiting office is what they told told me. They're like, people just come in here every day. Yeah, like a whole generation of people like just came in there and were like, hey, I want to. Yeah, and so. Like, I mean, I was just kind of being a dumb kid, right? And then, like, as I could, you know, when I finally, like, saw that, like, I was 18 and, like, I can make decisions, I was like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. And uh, my cousin also joined the Marines basically about four years before I did. And um, I'd seen him and some other people, but him in particular left this kind of, like, um, resounding impact on me, the change of him as a person. Yeah. Right? Like, because... I mean, he was basically like my older brother. Yeah, and you know, he was, you know, <laughs> he's uh, my inspiration for chaos in a lot of ways. <laughs> and uh, like, I don't know, we were just, we were just kids in a lot yeah. of ways. Like every, everything I look back on now, I'm not sure if it was really harmless or if we were wild or whatever. But yeah. like, it's it's hard to view that sometimes. I yeah. guess.
3: Did he uh, go to Iraq or Afghanistan? And he went to
1: Iraq twice. Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. Uh, he served in the Marines and. um he he went to Iraq twice,
3: yeah. Yeah. So I'm assuming he went then before you joined, right? Yeah. He's
1: a, he's about four and a half years older than me. Yeah. yeah.
3: Did he? Uh, did any of his stories further motivate you, or were they scary to hear in high school, or what kind of? How did you take those?
1: No, it was it wasn't so much like scary to hear as much as it. I mean, there's also like so many other factors that were happening at this time. Like you're talking about the evolution of like internet culture as a whole like you know live leak and all those videos from Iraq and stuff that were dropping online yeah. like all those moto videos like that was like
3: <laughs> that was some crazy shit it was
1: it was wild you nobody ever seen anything like that yeah. you had like Tom Brokaw in Vietnam and then it was like system of a down or whatever and dudes just like kicking in doors being like contact left you know yeah. and like I was seventeen 18 yeah. playing like call of duty and stuff and yeah I was like for real like let's let's go let's go let's go yeah right and so like the information started to like just come in in droves, yeah. and um, I don't know. Just I mean, uh, there was something about the way he carried himself that that really stuck with me.
3: Yeah, yeah. Talking about live leak to uh to me the thing because you know I was on active duty when when a lot of that was kind of going yeah, on, yeah. and and you know seeing. Um the other side, you know, seeing like the propaganda videos and like the, the snipers point of view from you know, like
1: Come on from the enemy? Yeah. Yeah, like, like all that stuff was there. It was, it was fucking crazy. Yeah, it was wild to see it. Like I was like, Oh, they have cameras too. And I'm like, ah, oh, you're an idiot. Of course they do. Like yeah.
3: But to me, you know, being being on active duty, like I was when, when Live Leak really kind of blossomed into where, you know, it was like there were videos everywhere of all kinds of crazy shit. It was like um it was like snuff videos almost, you know, like military style. Like it was just like the shit that you were seeing was unprecedented. But being, like I was an instructor at the time. I went from, you know, I, I came back and then went into an instructor role and and uh, seeing that shit after having been there and putting mm-hmm. kids in that were going over there, like that was kind of a mind fuck seeing some of that stuff. And I, I didn't watch much of it because of that. It was just like I'd watch and be like, I can't fucking watch this shit. You know, it was fucking terrible.
1: You had the internet it's very recently where they put rules on it. Yeah. Like it used to just be chaos. Like it was like the ocean. Yeah. You had to figure out how to navigate it on your yeah. own. And yeah. now there's, you know, left and right lateral limits to it. And I don't know if that's good or bad yet. Yeah, time will tell, but yeah, I, it,
3: it's hard to say, you know, I mean the, the freedom of speech should be all encompassing and um, you know, it's, it, but it's tricky in, in that, you know, when every swing and dick has access to it, like there are certain things that, you know it's like with alcohol or cigarettes mm-hmm. or pornography or, or whatever it's like there're certain things that it's not good to have kids have access to and there's a lot of things on the internet that fit that bill and so it's like how do you kind of tap dance around you know making sure that we live in a free society and that and that people can say whatever they want and have access to whatever they want while also not being total dipshits about you know how how we raise our kids and and expose uh, you know subsequent generations to certain things that, that probably aren't good you know it's a it's a tricky thing to balance
1: yeah I mean looking back on it was way too much and somebody should have yeah. been paying attention to me um but <laughs> like uh yeah. me and um Derek Carver were talking about this recently you know and he introduced uh, us as well and he's he's always like yeah. Raw, 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 raw. yeah yeah and you have to you have to like put that through a filter yeah. and the filter was <laughs> um We were talking about, like, how do you decide, like, what should be up and what should be out? And he said something like, there needs to be a committee, but the committee needs to be, like, real people. Yeah. Right? And I was like, that's actually, like, probably the best thing because there is a committee now, right, on these different platforms, but it's all the same type of person.
3: Yeah. Well, the other thing, too, is, you know, the committee of real people, real people to you and I, may not be real people to the people who are on that committee. They may think, fuck those guys, they don't know what they're talking about. I mean, that, I think that's the problem with any governing body of anything mm-hmm. is, is that, you know, one person's idea of true and just and the right person to, to be overseeing, uh, you know, big big picture decisions isn't going to be what somebody else thinks is the right person, you know. So it's uh, how, do you, how do you decide that?
1: Yeah, I think it needs to be, like, voted on, like, Survivor back in the day. Like, everyone yeah. cast a ballot in secret. Yeah. That way people don't, like, uh, grandstand on the decisions yeah. of what they make or, like, just, like, oh, my voters will love this. Just be like, I don't know, I voted I yeah. voted for Mike. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, no. nobody has to know. Yeah. But there, we, we live in a time now where people are so worried about the, um, how history is forever now. Yeah. And so they don't want to be caught, like, five years down the line of being the person that said, like, yeah. Oh, I sh- I shouldn't have said that. Or yeah, and it's it's weird because you can see people like actively negotiating that. Yeah. In real time, being like, oh, I don't want to say anything that would be bad in like yeah. five years.
3: Yeah. No, people are uh, are absolutely gun shy now about. I mean, it's like every everything they post or say or do or whatever, is so like filtered and run through a you know, like a PR process almost. Not it's you, fucking, not me for sure. Not I, not I just you. don't give a fuck. But uh, yeah, I mean. I've, I've just kind of always been that way. And, and, you know, the other thing too is like this show as an example, I don't, well, there's two things. I mean, one, like, you know, I, I have businesses or, or, brands that I'm calculated and how they're presented. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this isn't one of them. Yeah. You know, it's like, so if, if it's a product that's for a, a target demographic, then I'm going to, uh, you know, have it set up so that it, it, uh, you know, is, is designed or strategic towards that, that demographic in this case, like this never, never was what I did for a living. You know, mm-hmm. it's not my main, main thing. It's not, um, the only way that I make a living. It's part of it now. Uh, but you know, I, I've always been, you know, Hey, this is a platform to, uh, to truly get whatever you want off your chest and to have people on that have interesting stories that can do the same, you know, and they're not, not neutered or uh, filtered or, or whatever. Interestingly, though, you know, some guests you have on, you can tell that's how they are, though, and so they conduct themselves in a certain way mm-hmm. to make sure that what they say is what what they think should be said, or how it needs to be said, or or how a publicist would coach somebody to say something. Some, you know, absolutely do not give a flying fuck and will say whatever whatever they want, you know, and, yeah. it's, and it's usually a, a direct reflection of of what they do, what they're involved with, yeah. and, and whatever what they're you know trying to represent. Which I, I get it. I just I don't want to be um in into that um I, I don't want to get sucked into that fucking realm of of uh, giving a shit about what uh, what we talk about but
1: yeah cuz if you're if you're hindering like um if you're scared to really say how you feel then you re- never really know like anything about yourself and that Epstein didn't kill himself like
3: I mean, that's what I heard. <laughs> yeah, that's how. That's I, what I heard.
1: That's how I first learned about yeah, you. That's crazy, like that man. was literally like somebody sent that to me, and they're like, yeah. "This is the best Navy SEAL ever," <laughs> and like I. Uh, <laughs> that's debatable. Oh well, I I don't know. I I think I if think that's what
3: constitutes making a team guy good, then we're in, I mean we're in deep shit.
1: Yeah, I mean Marcinko might be the best. I mean yeah. just the fact that he he named something. Be he gave something a, a different number, so the enemy would think there were more teams. Right? Yeah. Isn't that the legend?
3: I mean, there's so many different uh who knows if that's fucking true, uh sayings or, or you know, legends or whatever you want to call it. It's it's hard to know.
1: He might be my favorite person historically. Yeah. Like like that they're like, Hey, try and break in on these bases and yeah. he was like, All right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then he did. Yeah. And they're like, No, 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 please don't do that anymore. Um awesome. but no, I had to heard about it. I was I was like, Whatever. Somebody sent me the clip. I remember the first time and I was like, look at my phone. I was like, okay, yeah, it's a Navy SEAL guy. And then, like, you're like, blah, 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 blah. And then talking about your dog, and I was like, oh, that's a nice dog. And you're like, and Epstein didn't kill himself. Yeah. And, like, the best part is the delay on, uh, was it Jesse? Yeah. Is the delay, he's like, okay. <laughs> like, yeah. He, yeah. he breaks like, up because it hits his ear. Yeah. Just, well,
3: that that, and I think, he, you know, all those guys just kind of go through the motions on most of their interviews anyway. So, like, it took him a second for it to even register what I said. You yeah, know? not anymore. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, they definitely got a delay built in now. Yeah,
3: yeah. Well, hopefully, I was a part of that. But
1: well, no, it was something that had to be said. I actually really appreciate. I, I think there needs to be much more radical candor when we're talking about things in general, like not argumentative, not being argumentative. I can't say the word right now. Yeah. Not arguing for no reason, but yeah. um, like we do have to really be honest sometimes in a way that is removed from emotion. Because I mean, there's just too many things that like we're not honest about, and it's just yeah. kind of weird that we're not. Yeah like veteran military culture for one.
3: Yeah. Uh, are there any glaring examples that stand out to you that you wish were more uh honest or prominent out there?
1: For veteran military culture in particular? Yeah. I mean that that was the whole idea behind Veteran with the Sign, Well, one of them, right? When I started it, I was I was working in a healthcare company at the time. because um, when I got out in 2011, you know, I have a wife and two children and uh I really have a lot of time to get stuff to really focus on things, but I went straight to school, got a bachelor's, got a master's, worked in a nonprofit, and then worked in for-profit healthcare, and then COVID hit, and um, I've always kind of looked at like internet culture as a whole, and especially like military veteran culture, and it's just kind of like jumped the rails a little bit, like we're definitely kind of eating our own, and in some ways we're like super toxic, and I just, I don't know, it's just some, it's something that I'm not particularly fond of, and I, I think it takes all of us being a little bit more accountable about it. Yeah. Because, like, in my life, in my civilian life, people would always say to me, like, you don't look like a veteran. Yeah. And uh, I'd always be like, thank you. Because what they really <laughs> want to say is, like, you don't look like an asshole. Yeah. Like, because there's a.
3: You don't look like a dirtbag.
1: Yeah. You don't look like you lie about being deployed, yeah. you know? Because, um, <laughs> like, that's that's it, though, right? Yeah. And, like, I had pocket squares and, like, suits on and stuff, and they would say that to me. And, like, I'm a pretty well-adjusted guy, uh, especially now, but, uh you know, I wanted to try and like take a little bit of humor to that and try and change the way we look at our culture a little bit, yeah. and then maybe we can be more honest about what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, and then hopefully that'll lead us to a place of being like, you know what? I don't feel good. Yeah. Maybe I should get help, sure. right? So it's all like a, you know what three-card Monty is? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's me doing that on the internet, being like, oh, where's the ace? Where's the ace? And they yeah. look, and they're like, oh, it's a meme, you know? Yeah. And it's just yeah. me uh, being like, you know.
3: Trick fucking everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to,
1: yeah, you know, pull people in. And But the ace is, I, I want you to take care of yourself. Yeah. You know, I don't want you to take your life. I want you to get better for you and your family. That's the ace. But I can't say that every day. People won't pay attention to it. Yeah. The internet will literally slow down traffic, as you know, if I do the same thing over and over again. So yeah. we've got to
0: mix it up, you know. Yeah.
3: As you guys know, uh, health and fitness is a big part of my daily routine and my lifestyle. I have a number of guests that come on that, uh, you know, that we talk about all, all sorts of things, health and fitness related, uh, diet, nutrition, et cetera. Uh, I started taking Athletic Greens uh, a few months ago here uh, for that reason, is that it's an uh, all-encompassing all vitamin and mineral supplement, 75 vitamins and minerals. Uh, it's lifestyle-friendly, whether you do keto, paleo, vegan it's dairy-free, gluten-free, uh, less than one gram of sugar. There's no uh, GMOs or nasty chemicals. There's no artificial anything in it. Uh, and it's just very nutrient-dense and, uh, and gives you that, that supplementation that you need to combat cold and flu season coming up to bolster your immune system uh, and just help with a, with a healthy lifestyle. Um, right now, the, the subscription, if you sign up for it, comes with a year's supply of vitamin D, which again uh, is, is crucial to uh, immune support as well as five uh, on-the-go packets uh, with that first purchase. Um, whether you want to invest in, in your health or just supplement an, an already existing protocol that you have, uh, Athletic Greens has been a, a phenomenal staple uh, that I've added into my regimen, and I couldn't be happier to be working with them. Uh, if you want in on that deal, go to athleticgreens.com forward slash mic drop, um, and they, they do a phenomenal job at uh, all the things that uh, health and fitness um, wise need to be done on a daily basis. So check them out. Go to athleticgreens.com forward slash mic drop and they will hook you up with that uh, special deal. From a veteran culture standpoint that uh, stands out to you as being toxic or eating our own or, or what have you, what, what are some of the, the biggest um, rule, not rule breakers, but I guess the, the, the guiltiest of, of uh, issues in your opinion that way?
1: The things I take the most umbrage with, yeah. maybe. Um, every Marines a Rifleman thing is, like, top tier for me. Yeah. It's just not true. It'll never be true. It's not true.
3: Is that the camera? It'll never not be true.
1: It's not true. It's not true. It's not true. Right? <laughs> well, so what it does is it waters down the reality of everyone's service. There's a congressman right now. I don't know his name or a congressman candidate, actually, running for Congress in Ohio, which good for him. And um, in his handwritten service record, it says classified of, like, where he was. And none of that's true. Like, he's just trying to, he's basically just, like, put together this whole record that is highly implying that he did stuff that was, like, top secret. You know, stuff like what you did, right? Or, like, just,
3: I don't know. Well, even that, I mean, on a DD-214, you're not going to you're not going to hide anything, you know, like there's no such thing as classified anything, you know, like.
1: Not according to this guy. I'm yeah. sorry. You might, like, yeah. I, Maybe I'm wrong. I know we're in Texas, but yeah. in Ohio they have yeah. rules. and uh, They
3: protect their guys.
1: They do. And um, it's just been watching him in particular. So, like, what's the issue with that? Nobody really cares what you did. Nobody does. Like, realistically, yeah. if you look like what I did, I just walked around in a circle. Yeah. Like I would be like, oh you know, checkpoint one, checkpoint three. You know, there's stuff that happened along the way, but like I really just walked in a circle.
3: I mean, in essence, that's kind of what any of us have have really done.
1: If you're on the ground, that's all you're really doing.
3: Just (laughs) kinda walking around.
1: Oh, you go pick up a guy and then you go back. It's a circle. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Maybe you'll use odd numbers or even numbers next time. Who knows? It's really, really exciting. Yeah. My name's on my pants. (laughs) Like it's not that great. (laughs) Um so but the problem with that is when you lie about that which no one really cares about, it's the lie that everyone is offended by, you then water down everything else everyone does, mm-hmm. right? And so when people then go to a point where they ask for help, now all anyone can think is there's this guy who's running for Congress or whatever it is in Ohio who's 100% lying about his military service. How do I know that that guy's not lying? I don't know Mike's not lying. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. How do I know Mike really needs help? I don't know. He makes up stuff all the time. Yeah. Right? That's That's like the biggest glaring thing is the – bridge between the military civilian world is barricaded with stolen valor and like it's our job to break it down in yeah. my opinion
3: yeah so you know, to me the the whole stolen valor thing like has always kind of uh, baffled me the uh the willingness and and I guess brazenness that a mm-hmm. lot of people have whether it's lying about things that they did when they were in or um or not even having been in and lied about it. It's mm-hmm. like there's always going to be somebody that, that could call you out on that and, and disprove what you're saying.
1: It's weird, especially with y'all's, y'all's group. Yeah, There's so few of y'all ever yeah. that have, like, gone through it. But I, I've met 40,000 Navy yeah. SEALs, I think. Oh, I know. It's fucking nuts, man. It's, it's you know, I, w- I was foolish. I thought it was less than that, you know. Yeah. I've met 17 Luttrells. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. they're all – I've yeah. met them all, right? yeah.
3: I, I think there's like 200,000 people that were on the Bin Laden raid, you know. <laughs> so that's it's, a lot of helicopters. It seems
1: that way. I don't know how yeah. that bird got off the ground. Yeah. Um, must have been because you were staging it. So, um, <laughs> like a moon landing. Moon landing yeah. yeah, yeah. But, no, it's, I, I don't get it. Like, I, it's, really, it's, it's really, really cool that we're all a part of our nation's only all volunteer fighting force. In the history of our nation, like, that's really cool. Like not every job's the same, that's fine. Yeah. But like we have to stop. And if we if we can't if we can't be honest about what we did, we're never gonna be better in the future. Like that's just reality.
3: Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um what's what, so speaking of which in I guess in terms of your kind of career path that way, mm-hmm. um so once you joined you went to boot camp, you went yeah. to uh I'm assuming Paris Island Infantry School and yeah, all that. Infantry school, yeah. Um what was your first uh experience like when you when you kind of got through the training and checked into the actual six six the marines
1: i can tell a pretty funny yeah. soi story if Do that'll it. help yeah. so the school of infantry right if you're an infantry marine you go to if you're the marines you go to mct marine uh combat training they probably changed it all now it's 21 days or soi and uh it's uh, roughly about three months altogether, and. uh Gets it's the point where all the instructors come out, like all the infantry guys, and they're like, they give you a pitch, and you're in this big, like, room, and they're like, the 51 comes out, and like, hey, what's up, you fucking losers? Do you want to, do you want to shoot rockets? You want to do explosives? Then you better be a 51, right? And he's like, ah, everybody goes up, and it's like, hey, do you like playing cards? Do you like doing spades? (laughs) (laughs) You could be a mortarman, you know, go for it, and then... Then he comes out, and then I remember there was this machine gunner who looked like, you know, he's built like a fullback, right? Like all machine gunners. And he's like, you want to shoot people down with, like, a dudes, blah, 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 all this stuff. You'd be a machine gunner, blah, 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 all this stuff, right? And then I remember this one guy comes up. I don't remember his name. It doesn't really matter. He comes up, and he takes out a can dip, and he puts dip in his mouth. And he goes, you want to be in charge of all those dickheads? Being in 0311. <laughs> <laughs> And so I was like, "Oh, three eleven it is, yeah, um, but um, in two thousand seven, when I arrived at the barracks, man, man, oh man, it was whew. um it's it's weird it's it's weird how disproportionate it is, but like I remember showing up to the barracks with all my stuff from like issue and you're dragging it through the thing, and you're getting cat called, they're throwing stuff at you, they're swearing yeah. at you. And you're like looking for a team leader, and not even really sure what a team leader is. And you're like, Oh you know, like running around with like your big bag. Yeah. And you know, we go to team leader and a team they had just got back from Ramadi at the time. And uh the team was like, Hey, you know, Lance Corporal so and so I'm your team leader. You know, don't fuck don't fucking make my life hard. I won't make your life hard. Do you understand? And I go, er, and he goes, What? And <laughs> he's like, Don't he's like, Don't do that. And I was yeah. like I was like, good to go, Lance Corporal." He's like, don't ever do that either. And I was like, okay. <laughs> what the fuck am I supposed to say? I was like, what do I say to you? And um, he's still one of the best people ever. He's really, really kind to me. But, like, you know, he's a very, very smart guy and very nice. His name's Brendan Kelly. I love you, Brendan. And, um, like, he, he was just, like, you were so, like, institutionalized by that point. And yeah. I was just, like, responding the way I would responded. He's like, stop, don't do that. It was just, yeah. like, gross. Yeah. But um, then I was, like, running around the barracks. You know, I don't want to call it hazing because I don't want to get anybody in trouble. But I think you
3: should. It, I mean, you know.
1: you know, we were, like, doing all sorts of stuff, like digging holes, you know, pull-ups so you can't do things. Um,
3: were, were there any, like, physical hazing where it's, like, mm-hmm. they're actually, like, taping you up and beating your ass and electrocuting you and, like, Tabasco sauce and shit like that? Because we did all kinds of dumb shit like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I that, mean, like... I have this belief that if you're, like, in a combat MOS, like, you're going to get hazed. Yeah. Because there, it's a, it's like <clears throat> jazz. It's real free form, right? Yeah. The goal is to win the war, right? Yeah. With Navy SEALs, the goal is to win the war. Infantry, Marines, win the war. How you do that? Take these guns, go do it. Yeah. The rest what, is on you. Yeah. And so that's a lot of free time and training. Yeah. You know, go out to the woods, lift the thing, do pull-ups, blah, 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 wash your gear, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Day in, day out, and it's just... You know, doing, um, I remember doing pull ups while uh, we were like reciting like Casivac Nine Lights and stuff.
3: What know? was the, uh, the worst hazing that you got personally?
1: Just that first week. Yeah. Just that first week.
3: Anything in particular? And
1: it was a blur. Yeah. You know, being in the shower, plotting points on maps and stuff, like running past doors, screaming. You know, yeah. it, I, it was just a, you're just not sleeping. Yeah. And, um, you learn very quickly if you just like shut the fuck up like life gets immensely better yeah
3: did but you it, ever like just get the shit beat out of you mm-hmm. like physically beat mm-hmm. yeah mhm like uh like prison shower jumped
1: i mean i mean no uh that like <laughs> i have so many questions about the seals now um uh, no they're, they're all
3: true whatever
1: no i mean it was it was like um <laughs> like uh, we would do like map and stuff. So they would make us like torture each other. Yeah. I remember one time this team leader like came up to me and he like went to hit me or something. And cause I had done something wrong. He's like, come here, you dumb boot. That's what they, they call you until you've deployed. Cause you're fresh out of boot camp. And like my team member came up and he's like, don't ever touch him again. Yeah. He's like, he's mine. And then he like hit me in the back. of the head. He's like, don't ever do that. Oh no shit. Yeah. But like, he was like, He's like he's like you're he's like you're my team. It's my job to do this, not anybody else's. Yeah.
0: And That's so, cool. Yeah, yeah. It's
1: very rare. Yeah. My um my platoon sergeant was insane though when yeah. I was a boot. Like he's known for being insane. Yeah. Like he would just scream. And like <laughs> he got um he was a drone instructor at Paris Island, but like he has this very deep voice and he'd be like the story goes is he got in trouble because he's like, I get really animated, you know? (laughs) 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 And, like, that's the early 2000s, and they fired him. I don't know what he did to, like, get people, like, fired them, but, like, I mean, he was just wild, always screaming, always, like. Like, fly off the handle. Yes, like it was in his blood, like that whole, like, uh, you know, instead of discipline equals freedom, it was pain equals discipline. Yeah,
3: which equals freedom, so pain equals freedom. yeah.
1: But, again, like, if all that stuff, if, like, you're police calling stuff, right, yeah. you're picking up stuff, if you just shut up, yeah. stop complaining. People that complain to always end up getting picked, and then, like, slowly yeah. you start to fade into the background, right? You're just, yeah. like...
3: Be the gray man.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I totally know what that means. Yeah, yeah I'm just kidding. No, that. I know what you're saying.
3: Yeah. The, uh, all right, so once you got through all that and you kind of um, got to the point where you're deploying, like, what was, what was that first experience like when you know actually landed in Afghanistan boots on the ground and kind of walk us through that 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 whole experience
1: so my um <clears throat> my my experience was is uh is highly unique because um my wife and I had gotten married and we had a plan for like a wedding and everything but then we found out she conceived our first child and so um, I didn't leave with my company. I left with another company. But um, in March, I came home. I came back to Nashville, and uh, she gave birth to our daughter. And
3: like, How long had you been gone at that point?
1: No, three days later, I was in Afghanistan. Oh, wow. Yeah, so um, it was on pre-deployment leave. And the whole workup, they told us, like, dude, you're going to, like, the Mediterranean. You're going to, like, go to Australia and, like, all this stuff. Which is, as you know, during that time, it's a death sentence. Yeah like being told during the world's longest war that you're not going to go to the war, which was happening a lot to people. Um, it's just like, dude, I'm going to be a boot forever. I don't want this. Please just, you know, I'll I'll do whatever it takes. But, um, you know, I hadn't been scared of anything until that point, but when my daughter was born, I held her for the first time. I was like, I'll do whatever it takes to come back here. Yeah. And uh, a few days later I left and Uh I was gone for seven months. Um, and I've, First step boots on the ground. We landed in Kandahar Airfield. And, like, my wife's like, what's it like over there? Is it, like, scary? You have no idea what – there's no information. You have no idea what it was like. And I was like, it's okay. There's a Burger King, you know. Yeah. At the boardwalk. Do you, you saw it? Uh, you did not get I mean, it's it's all the same, right? It's all the, you know, Halliburton stuff yeah. and all that jazz. And um, the boardwalk was this place. It was, like, uh, where all the NATO people were and stuff. And so you'd come off this airfield, and then you'd go down, and there's a subway, a Tim Hortons, and a Burger King. you're like – the fuck is happening War? what
0: the fuck yeah and the people were like
1: that's what people's experiences are yeah that was not mine you know three weeks later we pushed out for seven months yeah and uh we were out the whole time
3: what um one of the things i like to ask you know anybody that that Mm -hmm. has been in combat because i find it fascinating Mm -hmm. from a leadership standpoint um was there a point at which um, your higher-ups kind of brought you guys in and said here's why we're here here's what we're looking to like here's the mission that we're trying to accomplish like from a 30,000 foot view standpoint
1: yeah we had a really good battalion commander um uh, at the time he was lieutenant colonel anthony henderson um he's still in he just recently became a general congratulations to him um he's someone that i looked up to he was you Known for being a troop leader, he even uh, was on the roof of a building, like, directing fire when it took an RPG, and he combat rolled off the top of it, which is, like...
3: As what rank?
1: As a battalion commander. God damn. It? Yeah. it's awesome. Yeah, he was incredible. <laughs> like,
3: That's good shit.
1: And it was, like, a legend until, like, I knew a guy on his PSD, and I was like, is that real? And he's like, yeah, bro, yeah. It, it happened. That's um, but he had talked to us, and it was about, you know, taking over that part of Afghanistan to, you know, kind of basically best I took from it is we're trying to interdict the supply of opium as is directly yeah. related to financing uh, terrorist operations there and all around the world, yeah. which is realistically what we're doing. And, um, I'd never seen anything like it. Right. Like everyone had taught, you know, I'd heard, everyone I was with had just got back from, you know, Ramadi in like 06, 07. So they were like in a city, yeah. you know, and, uh, we were in the middle of nowhere just you'd hit a field and a click or two, there'd be nothing. I mean, I remember one time we went out to like the outskirts of the city and there was just camels and like, it's just flat, flat as that table. And it's just yeah. like, okay, I guess, I guess we'll turn around now. Yeah. And um, it was a lot of that. And it was really, really hard living, living out of patrol bases, which is not what they were. They were just compounds we took over, cut holes in the side of them. And, you know, I didn't call home for three months. Yeah.
3: Do you remember the, uh, the first like legitimate gunfight you got into? Mm-hmm. It was great. Tell us about that. It was, that? was great um the no shit there we were version all right
1: you guys got any cigarettes right here um <laughs> you got
3: a can of fucking old dip
1: uh, no, I, did, I just quit too i did, did uh yeah i did um um vets oh really yeah yeah i want to talk about that actually because uh, i feel like it's important to talk about um i owe them a lot um so <laughs> i'm trying to think about it so we were a big part of you know, you go in, you insert, and then, like, you, you look at the battle space. It gets rearranged, and um, our platoon is being shifted from one area to another. And uh, we were, like, holding. We were just in, like, a holding um, zone for a little bit, just, like, waiting. You know, as different platoons moved, like, to south of us and rearranged and took over a new AO. And, uh, like, I was just on a wall. I was on a wall next to a guy. And we had, like, shot at stuff, but, like, it wasn't really, like, anything, you know? Like, the first thing you see, like, I'd saw explosions. I'd seen RPGs and stuff like that. And I remember, like, oh, that's 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 intense. But, like, you're training for so much of it. You're just, like, hypervigilant um, in possibly the wrong way, or at least I was. like. Mm-hmm. And, again, you don't really know what you're looking for because everyone who was in charge of you doesn't know what they're looking for either. That was a big thing I remember is no one had ever been here. No one knew what this looked like. We're all equal now because before they were just like combat deployed team leaders and stuff, but they were like, no, bro, and this isn't it. And uh, when I came back after my daughter was born, a bunch of Marines um, had gone on Libo and out of the whole unit, and they did not pass certain tests.
3: (laughs) What do you mean?
1: I don't want to say anything (laughs) else, but um, they rearranged the entire company. And so I got moved to a different platoon, like as the mission launched. People I hadn't trained with, people I knew, but people I hadn't trained with and uh trying to be the greatest blessing ever and i met like one of the had a great team leader there too and a great squad leader but all still my friends but uh we were like behind this wall and he's like you know if you see anything look and i was like what do i do sir and he goes oh, stop calling me that this is my squad leader i was like okay what do i do madden <laughs> and uh, I remember being like, Madden. he's like well he's like well a whiz is okay he's like a whiz is over here no way to a crack is over here and a whizz is over here if it whizzes you, you got trouble if it cracks you're all right and i was like okay you're just like you're sitting there and you're like looking all of a sudden crack 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 like oh where's it coming from crack 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 whiz, and one hits like right behind my head in between me and my uh my teammate and i was just like holy shit and he's yeah. like he's like bell chicky chop this other guy's like are you still alive and like yes yes and he's like well, shoot, damn it. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, uh, rounds are coming, and we just started engaging, and we um, took out a guy across the field, but it was it was crazy. Yeah. I have a photo that was taken right after. Like, me and him coming out, like, we're just laughing because, like, we had had no point of reference, but after that, it was just like, okay, crack is okay, whiz is
0: bad. Yeah.
3: Was it just the one guy trying to shoot at you? Or?
1: Um, they were just trying to move. They were trying to figure out what we were doing, yeah. and realistically, they were just waiting to see and just trying to keep our heads down yeah. because, like, at that time of the year and that style of fighting, there, everyone's playing the elements. The elements are the terrain and the heat. Yeah. And so, like nobody's moving, not even them. Yeah. You know, during the day.
3: Yeah. And um, from from that point on, you were there for seven months. Yeah. Seven
1: months, yeah. yeah. So uh, our tours were seven months, and at that time, the Marines in particular, there was no infrastructure, there was no bases, there was nothing. So we would just find a compound and be like, okay, we'll stay here and knock a hole in the side of it.
3: And were you eating two or three MREs a day or what? Maybe one. Maybe one.
1: I mean, one, but, like, you know, at, you're in such a caloric deficit. It's just it's just really, really hard. Yeah. You're just constantly pushing, trying to, like, just hit the goals and, like, eating as much as you can, but you don't have enough stuff and yeah. patrolling, you know, sometimes twice a day, at least once every. Uh, yeah, yeah, twice a day sometimes.
3: How much weight did you lose on deployment, do you know?
1: Um, A good bit. Um, I went in. Someone in the Marines at like 105. No shit. I know, hard to believe with my stature.
3: <laughs> um so as big me, as you are. Yeah,
1: uh, right. thank you, sir. You, you heard that here. He said I was big. Um, but you're they put me on, on double hurting. rations. Oh, really? In boot camp, which was horrible. Yeah. And but like halfway through boot camp, like a part of my stomach just like erupted and oh, opened wow. up, and I went from 105 to like 135. Jesus. Yeah. And then, so, like, pre-deployment, I was, like, around 140 or something, yep. and I was, like, back down to, like, 120, 130 maybe. Yeah. And just emaciated. Yeah. Right? Because we we were just, like, living, like, Bedouins, basically. Yeah. Wow.
3: Um, so the whole time you were there, were there any operations that stood out as being, uh, like, super memorable or either from an offensive standpoint or from a defensive getting-your-ass-kicked standpoint, were there any, like – big-ticket gun battles or operations that stand out?
1: There was a legend that a bunch of Navy SEALs came in and blew up a bunch of HVTs right? one night, and that we watched them yeah. doing it. And uh, I remember watching it on optics. It was just... Where it comes in, guys jump out, and all you hear is, you know, and stuff yeah. like that. I don't know who it was, but I just remember we went in and swept up after them. Yeah. And uh, there was just, like, body parts left. And I was like, well, whoever it was, they did pretty good. And, like, we just jetted. <laughs> but, um... I mean nothing really in particular. I mean, at that part in that time of the war, it was really just the transition it was the beginning of the transition from Iraq to Afghanistan. Yeah. And nobody really knew what was going on. Like we basically just didn't have the infrastructure to move forward in the war, in my opinion. Yeah. Like just the logistics, like they would have to just come bring water to us and just drop it in places. Yeah. yeah. We'd have to go get it. Like you yeah. it was just a mission to get water.
3: Yeah. So that would you say to characterize your first deployment? From a operational standpoint, was it pretty low-key?
1: It was pretty low-key. I mean, it, it was dangerous for sure. I mean, but, like, they didn't even know where we were. Like, yeah. And this is, uh, Garmser, Afghanistan at that time was so remote. Like, I remember we hit a field one time, and there was just the skeletons of Russian tanks that were left there. Oh, wow. Like a battalion of tanks, because when Russia left, they just left. Yeah. And somehow they had, you know, plasma torches and cut them down to the bare bones. And yeah. you would see, like, weird, like, walk, and you'd see a door, and be like, was that a, like a, Sickle and hammer on that door. What was that?
0: Yeah, that's like, wild.
1: You're like they're They're like, no, bro. They're just using whatever they can find. Yeah. So it was stuff like that. It was, yeah. um, it was like a weird camping trip. Honestly.
3: Yeah. Did you guys ever get like legit attacked where you lost mm-hmm. anybody?
1: Um. Yeah. We we uh, we did we did lose some people. Um. You know. We we did push on um an objective and uh, we lost a guy there. We couldn't see some um, machine gun positions that were actually like hidden behind each other and that was. That was horrible. He was a guy, he was a part of a sniper team that was actually with our uh, position at that time, and I saw him, like, every day, actually. Yeah. It sucked.
0: What uh, what happened?
1: Um, they were just moving to contact, right, and uh, bounding, you know, doing all the right things, and they came over the hill, and they couldn't see a legit machine gun position that was, like, hidden in a dirt mound mm-hmm. uh, over, like, just had visibility, but you couldn't see it, had cover and concealment all around, and they came over this hill, and, and that was it.
3: Did uh, you guys as a unit respond and, and get paid We responded accordingly.
1: Yeah. Yeah, very Not much clear. so. I mean, at that time, when you called in air, air came in quick. We had direct assets because we were a MU, right? Yeah. As you know, a MU is a base, yeah. a Marine Expeditionary Unit, so it was direct assets. I mean, we were making it rain 24-7, 365. Yeah. yeah. You know, already was coming in, air was coming in, all that stuff was happening.
3: Yeah. So you cr- crushed the enemy pretty well though. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes, we did. And then, you know, that same deployment Um, We went to a wedding one night in Afghanistan. Really? Yeah.
3: Uh, Tell tell me about that.
1: All right. Um, Okay, so we were rotating out through New Delhi at the time, a British place. We would get an R&R for like 48 hours, which was basically we would just go there and trade them stuff for tobacco and their magazines Um, and uh, a pair of shorts I still have really right yeah british uh army shorts that's cool yeah i gave a guy a bunch of ma- uh, mag pouches and he's like you want some shorts mate <laughs> like, yeah bro <laughs> i got yelled at all the time about them but i didn't care right um and uh so i was walking point at that time and it was a night patrol i mean we didn't have navy seal optics like you guys have like you know holograms and like you know all this stuff we we had uh like uh telescopes basically that yeah. were I oh, said so they were just they weren't real NVGs they were just uh lenses that were painted green <laughs> you know <laughs> because uh it was just pbs 14 so you even yeah. have you know, near or far um perspective yeah. and um you know we're like walking around you know you know at nights you see the optics you're like what is that you know light from a fire looks like crazy stuff yeah. and all you can hear is you know and they're like mm-hmm.
2: <laughs>
1: you know and they had they had been walking around like kids were throwing uh, um, grenades and stuff, and patrols, so we'd heard all sorts of stuff, and you just hear, like, there's a lot of people, and you hear voices, and you hear voices, I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, and I get up on the door, and my squad leader gets on me, and he you know, puts his hand on me, and he squeezes really tight, squeezes really tight, release, he does, and I kick it in, we I go right, and I remember turning right, and like, as I go right, just because the way the door was, right, it was short, it was short on the left, high on the right, so I went right, he went left, and as soon as I did, I was like, I was just like, is that a woman? <laughs> like, it's just like, is that a woman? And there was just a bunch of women and children and members. It, it was a wedding. Yeah. And so we had came in there and we're like searching around and he like looks around and he goes, uh, okay, I guess we're good. And like right as we were starting to leave. They start to lay out a rug and they lay out a rug and they put a little pot of meat and they put a little pot of uh, rice and they put some water and he goes, well, post security and he post security. <laughs> and we, uh, we ate that wedding. And, um, oh shit yeah i had some of the best rice best um that's food prob- ever
3: i mean that's probably the first time you had like real food in a real long food. time right real food yeah
1: cut to four hours later we're all on post and everybody's like oh look you all went to you went
3: to uh, fucking benihon yeah
1: you went to you went to a <laughs> wedding you guys think you're so cool and then you could hear it people started to get sick from it oh and, no like, shit it was like c-o-g is post <laughs> and like oh it was, really yeah so we uh, actually all had to uh get a shot. What is it? Finegrin? Is that what it was? Yeah. The nausea thing? Yeah. Whatever it was, we all went down for like 24 hours after that because we all got so violently ill. Wow. So basically we went to a wedding, got hung over, and then got the best sleep I ever had in Afghanistan.
3: Yeah. I mean, was it, what was the, uh, was it from the alcohol or was it something in the food?
1: I, I don't think there was alcohol there. Yeah. Um, I think it was just the food. Yeah. Honestly, like just I mean, was so it, different. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, it didn't. I mean, it definitely wasn't like raw or anything. It was delicious, but like you, we hadn't been ex- your gut biome had been yeah. exposed
3: to that stuff. Well, they, they ate it too, right? They were eating it yeah. too.
1: Yeah, I mean, because it wasn't like
3: here, have this. And yeah, then no, not no. It. They
1: they made us a plate, but the yeah. guy, the I, th- I believe it was a village elder. He like looked at us and he grabbed he grabbed the rice. It's really weird. It's not weird. It's unusual that like I was there dressed like an idiot <laughs> yeah. with a gun in Afghanistan, and he looks at me and he goes, huh? Huh? He picks up the rice, picks up the meat, and he drops it in his mouth. And he's like, "That's how you do it." He's like, "There, I go." Yeah. I was like, "Okay," <laughs> and so like that's what we did. That's wild.
3: That's yeah. that's a cool fucking story, man. Yeah. What did you get them for their wedding? Um, did you give them anything?
1: We let them have the wedding. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> because I have, mean, have an M4. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so that led into like everything else. So like the yeah. first tour, like War, felt great. And then my second tour, they told us we were going to Iraq, the Green Zone, 2009, 2010. So I went home, told my wife, and we wanted to have another child, so we did. We we thought that was going to be the case until November of 2009. President um, Obama goes to West Point, and he announces a troop surge in Afghanistan. But they told us, like, a few hours beforehand, like, you are going to Afghanistan. Yeah. So all of my friends are convinced every time my wife gets pregnant, they have to go to Afghanistan. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Some, Some strange correlation. Yeah.
1: And then so, we went to Marja, which was not like that
3: yeah, at so, all. No. So, uh, so tell us about uh, about that deployment. That was uh, a lot hairier, I assume.
1: Yeah, Marja yeah. was hell on earth. Yeah.
3: What? Uh, like, how how did it start?
1: I mean it's it started out like I don't know. It's hard, it's hard to describe when I, I've I've looked on it. There's documentaries. There's so many things that have talked about it. But like when I think about it, the most like all I can think about. It's just, like, it doesn't feel like it happened.
3: Um, How so, or, or why?
1: It didn't feel real. I know, I, but, like, did that place exist? It exists here, and, like, with all the stuff we have, but that's the way it exists over there. I, um, Like, uh, they told us we're going to push. Mars at that time was is a, basically a bunch of, like, agricultural hamlets, like, little villages, like, make a town. But uh, all of the, like, the majority of... Uh, opium comes from there mm-hmm. big trade all over the place like just a bunch of grow, um, grows and all sorts of stuff around there and um you know we did like a probing operation first and uh i was just a first team leader at the time and all the squad leaders went away and uh, all the lieutenants went away and i got made platoon commander for a day at this patrol base we're doing a left and right seat and we're doing probing operations of the security sector so the outer cordon of marja as a whole. And I see them all get on the seven ton, I see them stop, and this sergeant major who was there gets out gone doing his rip. And that was how the deployment started.
3: Like he got shot or what?
1: No, he 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 hit an IED. He blew oh, up wow. during his rip, being like, This is this is our SOP for IEDs. Yeah. And that was it. That vehicle got disabled and then another vehicle hit another IED. And they were all over there and then our little patrol base started getting attacked and I was a platoon commander by designation and uh, had a bunch of ANA who were just wilding out. They were insane. They uh, kept trying to sneak off and smoke weed, not in that order. And uh, they love smoking weed out of an M16. That was like their favorite thing. Yeah, yeah. they put it in the chamber and then like light it up. And it's the craziest thing I've ever
3: seen in my life. That's so weird.
1: Yeah, I mean, they are... a. They're a different bunch, and um, that was just, that was the first time, and it was like that for weeks, and we were just, and then we would go out, and uh, like every day, we would get, not like, con not like contact patrols, but combat patrols, like in particular, it was so violent that my wife was pregnant at the time, and we were finishing up this part of the probing mission, and I hadn't heard from her in a while, and hadn't got a Red Cross message or anything, and so we had these French reporters with us, and uh, they were talking to us, and they were like, oh, you know, what do you think of Afghanistan, you know? It's okay. I think I can do a French accent without people getting, like, mega offended. Who cares? Who cares? This yeah. is my story. It's what yeah. happened, all yeah. right? And um, I'm like, yeah, it's cool. You know, I don't, you don't really talk to them. You know how it is. You don't really, yeah, whatever, dude. Like, come on. And you have yeah. a job. They're just there. They're, like, on a car that you're driving. That's what I always tell people. Yeah. Like, And um, so we're, like, uh, driving around, and all of a sudden, rounds start coming in. Boom, take contact. Hit the floor, Go. And then I'm like, hey, man, we got to go. Him and his, his friend. He's like, no, 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 we are not going. <laughs> and I was like, hey, dude, you got to go. And he's like, no, 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 I'm scared. And I was like, well, if you stay here, they're either going to kill you or they're going to capture you. And it's, it's just not going to be good for you. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, no. And I was like, hey, get the fuck up. And I grabbed him by the back of his flack, drug him <clears> back, get back to the patrol base. And uh, he's like, oh, Ms. Sue, thank you so much. You saved my life. And I go, oh, I really appreciate that. Hey, let me borrow your cell phone. And he goes, oh, a cell phone? You know, I don't have a cell phone. You know, no cell phone for me. <laughs> and I was like, you don't <laughs> have a like, cell motherfucker. phone? yeah, you do. I was like, he's like, no, no, no. And I was like, so you're your, your uh, editor, he sent you out here to Afghanistan. You're doing this stuff for the AP, and you don't have a cell phone? He goes, oh, no, I don't. I go, okay. Well, that's unusual. All right, so here's the deal. You're either going to give me your cell phone, <laughs> or I'm going to take your ass back out there, and I'm going to leave you, and not one person's going to stop me, and you'll never make it. And I swear to God, I'll do it right now. And he looked at me and he waited a second and he looked outside and he opened up his flack and he handed me a cell phone. And never, this is the best part. He looks at me and goes, uh, America's country code is 01 zero one. I took it from him. I go, you're goddamn right it is. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I picked it up and I dialed, I dialed the number and like my squad leader was coming and everyone knew what I was doing because they were doing, I was trying to get home to yeah. learn about my wife, to learn about my daughter being born or not, or all the different, I didn't know what was happening. I just wanted to know yeah. we were <clears> past her due date. I called her and I was like, hey, I can't talk longer. Are you okay? Is she okay? How how does she look? How do you feel? And, like, we talked. And it felt like a long time. I just remember I just, like, started to cry. And I was just like, I love you so much. I promise I'll call you soon. I hung up. And then uh, we found out, actually, um, there had been some other stuff that happened in the AO. And it was a miracle I got that call out. But I wasn't able to call for a long time. And then every day after that until I came home was just horrible.
3: The uh, operational tempo, was it every day? Every day. Were you guys going out every day? Every or? single
1: day. Yeah. Every single day we were spread thin. We didn't have enough people. You know, they had um, units to the north that were kind of all over the place. I mean, we're talking about people that have, by this time they've been watching us for, you know, a few years. They really kind of learned our operational needs and like our bandwidth. Right. Yeah. You know, people like y'all would come in and do like hard hits in and out and stuff. And then like, we would like interdict and like try and do things like that to also like, you know, fill in the dead spots of the battle space and like control it. But it was just too much. Yeah. And, um, you know, we were also trying to stop the you know, poppy from being made and harvested, and there's direct correlation between that and like when the poppy was harvested and when they'd have cash and when the IDs and everything would get worse. Yeah, patrol bases were attacked. I mean, we lost people. It was just, you know, it was it was horrible.
3: Are there uh, any of those operations or um, days that you went out or were attacked that stand out as being particularly memorable?
1: The day we lost one of the Marines in my platoon.
3: Can you uh, tell us that story?
1: Yeah, I don't want to name him, um, <clears throat> but uh, we were going to get an HVT. Um, <laughs> Muhammad, Muhammad, whatever, none of it matters. He was uh, he was a big guy, and most people don't know this, but in Afghanistan, you actually buy your way out of jail pretty easily. The government's so corrupt, it's just like 10000 bucks or whatever of their dollars, which is like half of ours. And um, this guy had gone out a lot, and we were trying to put him away, right? He was just causing trouble all the time. And we had set in a cordon and stuff south. My my squad had, and the other squad was, I think, up to the west, and then the first squad had gone out and bagged him, right? They had gone out and got him. And uh, they were coming back. We'd done everything right. There had been a storm the day before, so we had to push the operation. Couldn't get birds in the air because the dust storms were so bad out there that it would literally choke choke the exhaust and they couldn't get off the ground. And uh, I remember I had my pants off because we were in QRF, right? So you just take them off on the rack, and I just laid down like that. And uh, the ground it was, pfft, the ground shook, and I, I put my hand up, and I called my rifle, and I was just like, oh, no fucking way. And uh, 50 meters right out in front of our position, they put an ID directional, and uh, you uh, know, people were injured, and uh, we lost a marine that day. And uh, immediately after that, not to not to go, I, I it's, it's just, it's it's very hard to talk about, and it's it's not entirely my story to tell. I mean, I was there, everything else, but like, um, I don't want to seem like I'm trying to like truncate the story, but like, it was just like we were trying to treat him and get him out of the LZ and hold security and then it happened so quickly and then you find out when he's on the bird he's not making it and then you're still there and we had three months left yeah and so they immediately like reorganized the platoon and it came up to like well who knew who's going to be the squad leader of first squad now and uh i talked to the first sergeant i talked to the company ceo and i was like i'll do it i was like pick me i was like i did it during the workup i was like nobody else will do it they won't listen to anyone else but me they'll at least respect me and I was like, I'll either they'll either do what I want or I'll die trying, like I don't care. And uh they came out later and they're like, Yeah, you're your first squad squad leader. And that uh was that until we left.
3: Now how did that change your day to day?
1: Um, I've never really talked about it publicly. Um
3: well, do you want to start?
1: Yeah, no, it's um when you're a first team leader, you're a second in command of an infantry rifle squad. You have three guys that are directly underneath you and you have the other uh, teams as well. But like you're basically, you're an advisor, right? You tell the squad leader, here's what I think. Stuff like that. And uh, it went from that to being like people would give me information and then I would have to make the decision. And uh, the real reality and the burden of leadership started to sit in a little bit more. Um Know that I would make mistakes, even if I was right things things would there's still too many different things that are happening, and like it's my job. it's my job to like do whatever it takes to bring them home yeah. and doesn't mean you'll be successful at it. um, there's so many factors involved, but it was just I don't know, I'm eternally grateful for the opportunity to be able to lead troops in combat. Obviously I wish we could have came about a different circumstance, any other circumstance would have been better, but like. I viewed it then, and I viewed it now as the only way I could think to honor the service of the Marine we lost. Yeah. It's like, I, I will do this, yeah. and I will scorch this fucking earth. And we did. We did.
3: Would you say that you guys went out and, uh, and nope. really took it to them?
1: No more talking. Yeah. No more talking. No.
0: What?
1: Hey, man, where are you from? Oh, I'm not from here, dude. Really? Why is there blood in this room? Oh, that's my dog's blood. Hey, come here. Let's talk about it. And We would talk about it. It's just a bunch of that. Right. No more. The gloves came off. I mean, it, I mean, the battle, the battle uh, space shifted like dynamically, you know, in, in Afghanistan, everyone has sandals or they're barefoot. Right. And so you see a guy with some old 80s high tops, a bunch of mascara like he's like he's, you know, a clown and his hands are soft, like like a newborn child. Like that dude is not there to farm. He's there for harm. And like, that's it. That's a, That's a wrap. Not all things are weapons. You know, um, a weapons, a cell phone A so guys looking at me, pointing at me on a cell phone and are coming out of a bush over there I'll shoot at the bush and I'll move over to him right mm-hmm. you know doesn't have to be an ak-47 right it's no different than anything else <clears throat> we did just yeah. had to be smarter and understand the battle space yeah. and the second we pushed back I mean it was dangerous the whole time but when we started pushing back I mean the responses were um, received
3: yeah what was the um I guess the the overall goal for you guys at that point i mean i know you said you, you at the end of the deployment yeah
1: i just didn't want anybody to die cuz of what i did yeah was, that was did it. you accomplish that yeah i did
3: yeah
1: um you know marine got injured uh you know he uh he took he took around the head and uh that that's that's something i've always i've always thought about um nobody did anything wrong he didn't do anything wrong um we were ordered to do a specific thing uh we were at a patrol base. We were very far extended. They told me to put a team in a vehicle and then put the vehicle out there and I didn't like how far away it was, like in particular it's not far it's a thousand meters, but I mean that's miles in the battle space and I didn't like it and I'd already gotten warned several times that like they would take they would even like take the squad away from me, which was nothing for my ego. It was just like I didn't want i didn't want i didn't want to lose. Them or lose their safety to someone else. Yeah. Because then ultimately that's still on me what happens.
3: Were, was there, is there a, uh,
1: he's fine now he walks and everything. He's oh great, I'm but sure. the bullet hit his head and oh. he was talking to me. It was crazy. Yeah. It just splintered, hit his NVG plate. So it splintered, but nobody did anything wrong. I just think about it a lot.
3: Yeah. Is there a, uh, like a textbook operation that you guys went on that you could kind of go through step by step?
1: Mm. I mean, not really. That just wasn't what we were doing so much at that time. I and mean, we did we did a few like cordons and stuff for, for HVTs and like things. A, like,
3: is there one that that was uh, that you would characterize as um, one of, if not the most fulfilling missions that you went on? Um, like you were the the most.
1: There was I there was there was one there was one. I was out on a patrol with my lieutenant and. Um, there was a car, Toyota Corolla, right? They're all Toyotas, right? And uh, we're like, stop, stop, stop. And this, uh, this guy came out, and he was like, hey. It's, 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 we're like, stop. The vehicle stops. They saw us on the road. And this guy, this, uh, we could see this, this elder gentleman with, like, something in his arms like this. And we didn't know what it was. And he wouldn't stop moving, he wouldn't stop moving, he wouldn't stop moving. And finally we got up to him and like, hey, stop, we're going to shoot you.
3: Like fidgeting or walking away? He
1: just had a bundle of something in his arms, you know? And uh, it was in the middle of the road. They saw us there. They weren't stopping. And we got the interpreter out there and we came to find out that, like, um, the child had died during the night and birth. And they were just trying to bury him according to custom because they have 24 hours to bury him, I believe, according to their faith. And uh, he, was, he just wanted to honor his child. And so we, we made, made it possible for them to pass securely and then get to the mosque and everything, do what they had to do to do that. But um, yeah, that was like, I didn't think there were many good people in Afghanistan until that point. Yeah. People that like cared as much, but that was something.
3: So that kind of changed your idea of, of what the people or the populace was like? Yeah,
1: yeah. There was that, and then like by that time the the A and A, I mean everyone had trouble with them afterwards. But we got really lucky. Um, um, they had bonded with us. They had helped us do a lot of stuff. They even pushed one of my Marines off of an IED once, hmm. right? That they all knew and they all saw. And what they do is they just don't step on it, right? They knew it was there. Yeah. And he pushed. He pushed the guy off. He pushed the Marine off of it, and he's like, he's about to get it. Wow. And he just didn't think. And. uh that was that had it happened, um you know we had you know deliver water to families and stuff, but like overall, Marja in particular was just like I want say it broke my spirit, but like it didn't make me think it was ever gonna get better,
3: yeah, it didn't
1: yeah so
3: how how has the uh the withdrawal a little over a year ago now how how did that impact you
1: <laughs> I haven't fully uh realized that yet, but it it's definitely uh unearthed some old feelings, right. Um, I don't know. It's it's it was hard to see. I mean, it was personally. I would have never left Afghanistan. I would have turned it into the new Germany or Japan, two superpowers in the world, economic powerhouses. are doing very well. They were also doing very bad prior to World War II. Um, you know, we maintained a presence there, which was able to help make sure that their country their country was strong and thriving in the place they are now. Um, but. Like, it just never made sense. I think the biggest thing is it just felt like a political, like, hey, we did it. Right? Now there's documentaries and stuff coming out. You're seeing it. And you would see the people, like, grabbing onto the C-130s as they're taking off and stuff. And, like, my only real hope now is that people will at least try and remember that. Like, right now a big, a big thing is, you know, the way women are treated in Iran. They've always been treated that way. They've always been treated that way. In Iran, in Afghanistan, countries like that, and we—I don't think we should forget that, right? That—that's the reality of most people in that part of the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we—we we made a commitment, and we need to follow through with it. I, I don't—I don't know. It's—it's it's just hard. It's really hard. Yeah. I'm different you know, from the war. You're different from the war. Everyone's different. Generations different. Our families are different. And like, we just left it stinks of like Vietnam vibes too. Yeah. Like it's, it's really hard, you know, and that's when one of the things that have really made me commit to doing things to get better.
3: Yeah. Um, as you were wrapping up that, that margin deployment, that was 2011, you said, mm-hmm. um, looking back on it, was there, was there a, a successful operation that stood out as being, uh, the most, um, life changing or, um, impactful for for what you guys accomplished.
1: I mean, we did we we did get a lot of we did get a lot of dudes. I mean, our our main job there was to destroy poppy or buy it back and the opium, I and mean, we did. We we got a lot of HVTs. I remember one um, one dude. Uh, the only way we could, we could identify him uh, was uh, <laughs> he uh, he would dress like like women and like sneak off, and so like they're like look for this is my only tactical claim to fame. They're like, look for a guy with a a bullet hole in his left butt cheek. And so they're like, how do we fix it? And I was like, give every Marine a pair of gloves and do it, you know, have them (laughs) lift up and be like, Hey, let me, let me see your cheeks. And that went all the way up to the highest level. And that was like an SOP that was developed. So it's my, you know, my general patent moment. But, um, I mean, uh, I mean, for us, it was just the day in, day out of just connecting with those people in the village, you know, um, seeing, seeing the way they would act. I mean, we didn't do like big operations like that. Not at that time, at least. Yeah. We were just trying to just stop them. We were just trying to introduce chaos and stability at the same time. And it doesn't it make sense. It was the clear whole yeah. build yeah. phase of the war. They're like, just clean them out and then hold it and then build it back up. Yeah. That's how democracy works. Yeah, And uh, they didn't take to it. Is the long and short of it. Because we went in there, destroyed the way they all make a living, and they didn't like
3: that. Yeah. Did, uh, is there, um, I guess from your guys' perspective, was there a biggest force that you faced numbers-wise? Like, were there any operations where it was like dozens of guys you were actively fighting or or more? When they attacked our
1: patrol base. Like, vehicles pulled up. We were getting shot at all around. It was not long after we lost that Marine.
3: What happened that day?
1: Cars just started showing up. And what they really showed us was that they understood our weaknesses and our weaknesses was our patrol base was the farthest uh, Eastern limit of advance. It was us. And then nothing, just the road that led into town. And like, you know, you're looking there and all of a sudden, and you start looking like, Oh my God, what is that? And then, Oh, why is there a Toyota Corolla driving through this field? Why are people getting out of it? Why are they shooting at us? And so then you start doing those things and then, you know, rockets started hitting the building, everything. It went on for hours. It went on to a point to where we started conserving ammo and we had to wait oh, wow. for our mobile section to come up, but they were on the other side of town and they couldn't get there fast enough.
3: Did I, did any of them ever break through?
1: No, but it got scary. Yeah. It legitimately got scary. Because it was just us, right? How how
3: many is us?
1: It was just a platoon of uh you know, thirty Marines and about, you know, thirty A and A, maybe. They don't, they don't really count they weren't doing anything they were all in their room yeah. you know and so when you're having to go around but how many rounds you got you're having to conserve and make those type of decisions those are things you're like looking like where do we put up an emergency lz if we have two Casavacs? we can't there's nowhere to land we're not secure right now
3: yeah um how that lasted all fucking day or what? all
1: day actually yeah. like right until sundown
3: how how did it end
1: it ended when they left because our mobile section showed up um our company gunnery sergeant at the time uh had um a logistics train that he had turned into a mobile section basically like a mobile weapons section oh okay yeah
3: um did they actually engage them, or they just saw them and they they, they
1: just showed up and then they you know the Mark Nineteens and the big heavy guns on top of the MRAPs just started laying down some hate and by that point they're like yeah it's just not gonna work yeah and that was what stopped but then my squad went out afterwards and went through the buildings and then cleaned up
3: yeah yeah what did that consist of numbers wise do you recall
1: of uh, enemy yeah just anyone we came across
3: I mean you know about how many
0: there were
1: all together like double digits really yep they were still there injured not injured i mean like there was just enemy everywhere
0: yeah and you guys
3: walked through and fucking house to house wrecked shop. Way city yeah 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 um did you ever take any uh any hits or any super i was behind out?
1: a wall on my first tour when an rpg hit it and yeah. it also hit a pile of manure so it literally liquefied it and it rained down shit on me <laughs> that was pretty cool that's right Yeah, <laughs> yeah fiery um, shit storm yeah i mean like yeah, that was that was pretty bad. My corpsman at the time just looked at me. I remember I had a, a tripod on my weapon, I put it over the wall. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh he's 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 like, Bell, Bell, and he's like shaking me. And he's he's like, Wake up, motherfucker, and he slaps me. Yeah. And uh he's like, Listen, if you go to sleep, you will die. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Okay. Uh, and I was just like shooting, I was like, Okay. Yeah. But um, yeah. Yeah, it was, It was a good time. Yeah.
3: Did you guys ever have any dogs with you?
1: We had a dog on my second tour, um, Canvas, Labrador, black. She was incredible. Yeah. Um, trained Graham's. by uh, Matthew Albano. What's up, Bano? <laughs> I'm going to send it to him. That yeah. dog saved my life a few times.
3: Well, tell me about it, Chip.
1: Well, you know, dogs. Well, um, no, I don't know, shit. No, about. so at this time, we they were testing it out. They weren't really sure. I mean... Yeah. You guys probably had hoverboards and jet skis by this time yeah. and lasers. They're like time Whoa. machines. Yeah. yeah. Think, dude, I have so many questions. Um, but uh, this had trickled down to us and, we, you know, it was um, canvas black lab. And we're using it to smell uh, in particular anal, the ammonium nitrate, aluminum flakes. And uh, four or five bombs, I think she found before she started to get the shakes. And then um, they ended up actually rotating them out. Yeah. Um, but she was incredible. Right, she'd hunt it up really good and lay on top of it, and uh, it was just really hard to see the, you know, once they get the treat, as you know, the response and see her like sad because she's like, oh no, now now it's gonna be loud, and
3: so it know. started to fuck with her uh, yeah, yeah. sensory wise. Yeah, 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 but she so she found you said four or five, I believe so, yeah. yeah, and there were ones that for sure, if she hadn't been there, would have would have taken. You yeah, as we, as we've been done. That's yeah, that's pretty awesome. For sure, yeah. yeah, how long was she there for?
1: Um, he was there the whole tour, but like they, he like went back to like the big base for a while and they put another dog handler out. Um, but, uh, I mean the whole seven months or so he tried to even get her. I don't know where she wound up, but he tried yeah. to get her after she got retired.
3: Yeah. Wow. It's amazing. Amazing shit. No doubt. Uh, were you, did you guys mess with her at all? Like back, back at the base, getting to play with her or were they really stringent about not interacting with her? Um,
1: yeah a little bit she was kind of a therapy dog in a little bit like i have photos of like me and her and she would like hop in my bed yeah and my kids would like send her cookies and stuff oh, that's cool. and uh yeah but i mean she was disciplined but like it wasn't like undisciplined the other dogs weren't but canvas was like the the platoon dog
3: yeah. like you still was, have pictures of her yeah
1: yeah, yeah. i'm i want I want your opinion on what type of dog to get my family but yeah yeah
3: uh, I'd love to incorporate into the YouTube version some of the picture pictures of any of the things that you. Oh plant. yeah, I'll, s- I'll, I'll
1: send cool. it. Yeah, it's yeah. it's basically me just smoking all around yeah. Afghanistan. Yeah.
3: What well, did you smoke? The local shit, or uh, did you bring shit in?
1: Yeah, I mean, I brought stuff in. Like if uh, if you're sharing cigarettes, you get you get hundreds, right? Because yeah. they're long ones, and so it's me just ripping like Newports at yeah. the time. Uh, <laughs> Newport 100s, um, pines were okay, you know, but like Newports and yeah. dip, my wife. And I love her so much, and she was the best. She sent the best care packages, so much so that I, I would I would check around to see if Marines didn't get any. Yeah. And I'd be like, "Hey, can you throw one together for so and so?" And yeah, she, yeah, no, that's she awesome. she'd never even hesitated. Yeah. And oh, that's cool. Instead of like random stuff you don't use, she'd yeah. be like, "What do you want?" And I'd be like, "Dr Pepper, Red Bull, junk yeah. food, People magazine, yeah. and uh, uh, baby wipes and Q-tips." Yeah. She never missed. Yeah, that's awesome. And tobacco.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when you got back from that deployment, um, hard to integrate back into society or? Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, I went back to work like two weeks later. I had some terminal leave and I started a uh, college in January 2011. I went to this, uh, university in Tennessee called MTSU at the time and, uh, went in there and there was this guy, this English professor showed up and he had a scarf and he was like very like dead poet society ish, you know? and uh he was going through the syllabus and at the end of it he um he was like uh going through stuff and um and when he's like make sure all of your papers are in mla format i like wrote that down and i was like i don't know what mla format means and i went up there and i was like hey sir my name's zachary bell i'm a new student here he goes oh nice to meet you and i go what is mla format and he goes son Six month he's like a few months ago you were in high school. You should know what MLA format is. Please don't bother me with questions like that again. It was very, very dismissive of me. And I was like, actually six months ago I was in Afghanistan. If you ever talk to me like that again, we're having some real problems. I was like, do you understand me, sir? He goes, Yes, and thank you for your service. MLA format is <laughs> <laughs> Um, I had just left. It was like the first yeah. person I talked to. I, I i kinda regret a little bit of the interaction, but like I'll never forget the way he looked at me with like disdain that he had looked at freshman with for years yeah. and I understand I hope I still look as young as I definitely did then but like it was just weird to be so oddly dismissed for lack of knowledge yeah. and um, I I was just you know working and going to school until 2016 and to be honest I really didn't start working on myself till late 2016 yeah I just didn't have time True. I did have time I had other things I had to do yeah and,
3: Um, your decision to get out uh, was it based off my of family. just having kids? Yeah, my family. 100%. Would you have stayed on, stayed in? If, Without a
1: doubt. Yeah. I was looking into the MESAP program, the green to gold program, because I, I didn't know anything about like officer stuff or any yeah. of that jazz. I wanted to have like a long career. I wanted to stay in the infantry or combat arms. And I was, you know, I, I talked to like MARSOC, MSAB, all those people. Like, you can, there's all these like things you could do to stay operational. Like, as you know, you're like, yeah. cause eventually you just end up counting stuff. That's yeah. that's the military end up counting people or bullets or whatever but I was just I wanted to you know maybe I'll go here so I can kick indoors some more maybe go there but like the toll it took on my family is just too much. Yeah.
3: Did your wife want you to get out or was she supportive either way?
1: She's supportive either way. Yeah. I I don't think she would have left me or anything like that and uh, but there's there's just no version of me being able to be there for my children if I stay in. Yeah. No I hear you. You're just gone all the time and being in the military is the most selfish slash selfless thing you'll ever do.
3: It is a weird dichotomy that way for sure. Yeah. Um,
1: You're committing yourself to the service of others, to the greatest of good that you can think of, but it's costing you damn near everything. Yeah.
3: That's an interesting uh, point for sure. Um, as you progressed, uh you know, year after year of being out. At what point did the did the sign thing kind of come to play, and where did it start slash come from?
1: Um, so it was 2020, and I was bored, and I was on the internet. I'd seen like a whole bunch of different versions of it. There's tons of like people doing things like internet culture goes up and down, and there was this guy like, you know, dude with a sign and all this stuff, and like, you know, I've I've written before uh, for various outlets and publications, you know. Um, Huffington Post, the local paper, and uh, even the New York Times once or twice. And I'd always liked writing. I'd always liked the cathartic outlet of it. Uh, but it was just like, I don't I don't know. I just wanted to try something different, right? And uh, I saw, like, this guy writing stuff on cardboard, and I was like, that's interesting. Like, what if I could just, like, make fun of, like, military culture a little bit? Yeah. Like, take the piss out of us a little bit. To try and get back to that place of, like, healing and being honest about when we need help because you know, everyone's like, you know, oh, I don't need help. I'm fine. But we all do. We all need help. We all need to like check in and understand what's going on in our lives. And uh I just started putting them up. And there was way there was a lot of focus on my outfit. Uh, a lot of focus on my outfit. Really? Yeah, yeah. Cuz it's a skivvy shirt from the Marines. It's just a green shirt, but it's it was it's my gym outfit if I'm being honest
3: silkies in a fucking green shirt.
1: Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So I had a bunch of them when I got out, right? Yeah. I Had a ton of them. Yeah. And so I was like, I'll just wear this, right? I'm not going to think too much about. It. I feel like if I think too much about my gym outfit, then I'm already off to a bad start. Yeah.
3: You're already there for the wrong reason. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. And uh you know, I want to be there for the weights, you know, not for the dates, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Um and uh I uh, I just started wearing that and I was like, I'll just make like a character. Like it's me turned all the way up, just like because it's not really me; it's like a version of me. Yeah. I hope it's not really me. Yeah, and uh, I'll just say things that like have to be said. I don't want to be rude. I don't want to be hateful. I have like rules, right? The yeah. the world I made had rules, and it was like this guy's dumb. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know the internet; they're super kind. This guy's dumb. This guy doesn't know blah blah blah. He's just all the fuck. Power. is He's, he done? Yeah? Yeah. He doesn't even know what a Navy shield is. You know, he, he's not a squadron guy like me. I'm on beta gamma squadron and blah, blah, blah. You know, Jocko, blah, blah, blah. They all, I think it's just one guy talking to himself and he's like listening to what he says. And he's like, that guy's got bad ideas, but it's, he doesn't know it's him. Right. Yeah. And they're wearing like an, you know, like a, a gi with like a discipline equals freedom and they're hitting themselves in the head and they're screaming and they're, you know, it's just a whole thing. Yeah. And, um, no wonder people don't like us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I was like, maybe I could make fun of that. And it was just like, this guy's the dumbest thing ever. And it all was about to stop. I, it's You don't do anything for likes or comments or follows because if you chase that, you'll never really win. Um, but they didn't get the intent. And so I was going to shut down May 1st of 2020. And I put a sign up that said, you know, bring back Captain Crozier, you know, the naval captain who was like, Called it. The president and was like, "Hey, by the way, there's COVID on this ship. Yeah, we got to fix it." And he got relieved of his command, which is unheard of, as you know. It's a big deal. He basically lost. Con- he was relieved of his command of a base, a naval vessel. Yeah. And um, I I had checked my phone like the day I posted it, and like it was just like, <laughs> like unlike anything ever. Like I just opened it up, I just remember it was just like vibrating, so I had to turn off notifications on it. I never seen anything like that before life and then that led uh into everything else and I've just been kind of trying to hold the reins on it you know keep it you know in out of the ditches ever since then it's just been trying to create a community that I feel is good and bringing attention to like the issues that we have and like a positive way and not being
3: negative is there a uh kind of a mission statement that you have that that goes towards it
1: I always say like be the change you want to see right um, and I mean that like we need to be the change we want to see in the world. Like, stop talking about the VA being bad or stop talking about whatever it is. Yeah. What are you doing to make it better, in your individual way? It doesn't have to be like globally. You just start like with you individually. Yeah. Your community, your people, your tribe, and then build it out from there.
3: Yeah. Is there a um, a schedule yeah. that you try to keep, like putting out?
1: Some, some weeks are heavy with posts, some are not. I mean, I try to always take into account like certain things historically like Veterans Day, the um, national holidays, wrinkle or birthday, stuff like that. Um, I try to be aware of like what's happening in the world, but not driven by it. I mean, because there's, as you know, uh, these things can definitely become like politicized one way or the other, and that's the last thing I want to do. Yeah. Because I don't want to alienate half my audience. I sure. want as many people as possible so we can try and get the help. Because I feel like... If it doesn't hit a veteran, it'll hit someone that knows a veteran. Yeah. And so that's my goal. My yeah. goal is the growth of that. Yeah. And to saturate people and being like, hey, you should see this. Because maybe that person will send a thing that says, stay, you're worth fighting for to yeah. someone when they're in need.
3: I mean, having done it now for a couple of years, have you ever gotten to the point, like, almost from a writer's block standpoint of like, mm-hmm. fuck, I don't know what to. Yeah. Are there mm-hmm. times where, like, you may go weeks without posting any. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: I have a bunch of them saved on my phone, about 100. Yeah, I will eventually shut it all down. I'm not there yet. Um, I have a bunch saved on my phone. I do it in batches. Uh, I don't know. As long as I still continue to feel like things are going in like a positive direction, I'll continue to do it. But like, So is,
3: is it the instant that you feel like they're not, then you shut it down?
1: Yeah, I don't want to go out on the bottom. I'll go out on the top yeah. and not, like, top. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. don't, don't want to... You know who Gallagher is right. Yeah, he's still on tour. Wow, that's crazy. It's that's what I, that's what I see. Yeah. That's what I don't want to do.
3: Yeah, you don't want to be like, wow, that guy's still holding a fucking sign. Yeah, like, jeez, man, he's got a, an all-white Fu Manchu, and he's still holding me sign. being like, a yeah, in a wheelchair with it propped up.
1: I was a Navy still <laughs> tried in superstar,
3: <laughs> cop Allegedly.
1: carpenters, my cousin. you yeah. know, just like still, whatever you have to do, right? Yeah, I don't want to be that.
3: You don't want to be Lieutenant Dan. No, at the at the whorehouse.
1: No, no. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. I've never been to Saigon. Who knows? Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, it's. I wanted.
3: Or I guess uh, Lieutenant Dan at the VFW on Christmas. You don't want. You don't want to be that guy.
1: Yeah. Um, and I feel like we're all susceptible to that. Yeah. I just want. Man, I just want to stop burying my friends
3: have there been uh, a lot that you've lost to to suicides since More you after
1: died? than I did to it yeah yeah my summer my whole year but in, t- in particular my summer is just pockmarked with anniversaries and deaths and it's just you know it's it's hard it's hard um
3: are there any of them that um that you felt like they reached out and you you missed it or like that are there any that that really cut you that way?
1: I mean, it's it's uh, not not that I'm aware of, yeah. um, but it does it does make you um, it does make you hyper focused on like like what the fuck what yeah what did I and then like I don't know but you only have the context of things afterwards, right? You're you know. When something like that happens, you go back and look at your interactions, but you're only weighing them differently because of the result. Yeah. And prior to that, you're using existing information of like, well, that's the way so-and-so always was. Yeah. You know? Um, and I mean, each time it happens, each time it happens, I feel like there's a wall between not doing it and doing it to where, like, it lessens, Mm -hmm. right? I was looking at this thing somebody sent me, and they said the suicide rate might be as high as 44 a day. I was just like, holy shit. Like, the older I get, the older you get, the the higher risk we are at suicidal ideation, all these, you know, health conditions, all these things. It's just like, man, I I just, you know, I'd just like to have some grandkids, you know? I'd like to make it and... That far, but sometimes it feels insurmountable, right? And so, like, that's what I think. Like, Veteran with the Sun really is, is like the golden end of the day is to kind of take a little bit of piss out of us uh, in the right way and be like, "Hey, I love you. Yeah, that's all right. I love you. Yeah, you're worth. You're stay. You're worth fighting for. Like for real. Yeah. Because that's, I mean, of all the things that like changes a family forever, there's there's nothing I can think that's more impactful than that. Yeah. Yeah. In the worst ways.
3: Uh, yeah, I agree 100%. Um, is, is there a goal with it other than what you're already doing? Like is there a, p- a place you want to get it to or is it just kind of keep doing what you're doing?
1: It's continuing to grow. I've, I've, You know, I've got some thoughts like doing a podcast, like maybe to like make it like a, a thing where I could be like a longer form of like what the topics are or things I'm trying to discuss. But like as of right now, like I, I kind of use it as like a catalyst for Firestarter to throw it out in the community yeah. and see what, what comes of it, yeah. you know.
3: I, I think the podcast thing is a good uh is a good idea oh yeah. i mean I, I think you should do it i think uh, come up to nashville i mean i don't know what business i have being on it but i'm, I'm like with each sign right is that you could you could take uh <clears throat> whatever the theme of that sign is and have a guest on that kind of reflects that you know
1: that's that's the idea i had initially with it was just like <clears throat> going to like more depth, because, like, realistically, I can I can fit, like, 14 words is the most I've ever done on, like, one piece yeah. of cardboard. But um, I have, I have, like, stupid knowledge about cardboard now. Yeah. Like, uh, I have a is specific brand. Is it size. all the same size? Yeah, 24 by 18. Yeah, really? double corrugated. Yeah. <laughs> From Amazon. It ships and packs of 25. Yeah.
3: that They're already that. They're pre-made. I used to in.
1: cut them, but it's, like, easy. Like, I got lazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Okay. Victory made me soft type thing. Yeah.
3: That's wild. That's funny. Um. Is there any signs that you're ashamed of? No, no.
1: There's nothing. There's nothing I'm ashamed of. Not yeah. one Navy SEAL joke I yeah. made.
3: Are, are there any that you've taken down?
1: No, not no. that. Not that. Not that. Come to, that, I can think of. Yeah. Um. Is there any I've taken down? Is there any I'm ashamed of? No.
3: Uh, any that have gotten you in trouble? Like with like where somebody calls and be like, hey, what the fuck or anything like that? Uh,
1: the Captain Crozier thing got a lot of attention. Um, going to Ranger School doesn't make you a Ranger. Got a lot of attention.
3: Good attention from the sounds of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's just true, though. I mean.
1: It's weird the things people will argue over. I mean, uh, what was it? Uh, wearing gaiters doesn't make you a Navy SEAL. Writing a book does. Yeah, that was a. There's
3: a lot of. Well, that's why there's so many SEALs out there, I guess. But And the, that
1: was SEALs fighting against each other. Yeah. And like, uh, do Sean Matson is. Um, sounds, he's, he's a yeah, SEAL. Yeah. Um, but he had to like come to defend me underneath his trident and be like, I told Zach to make this joke. Like that was the thing. Yeah. Some guy's like, how dare you? And I was like, bro, I'm just like, we're yeah. all, we're all friends here. Just and, a fucking joke. Uh, yeah. I mean, I made fun of myself. Like how, you yeah. know, I was in the infantry. Just wait. I'll tell you. Yeah, Right. It's all things that like <laughs> yeah. I do too. Um, yeah. but
3: the, the thing with the, with the ranger school, uh, the, the one thing I think that's easy to justify that is that in any other service, right? Like there there's been, you know, not a lot, but there's been some SEALs that have gone through Ranger School. Like, Isn't
1: like a thing you'll do? You'll get the option for it when you go to your schools?
3: No, I wouldn't say you get the option for it. There there are instances where where it becomes available, but it um I'm trying to think the last time I, I, I don't I don't Did you th- go? No, I didn't. I don't think that there's been anybody that's gone through it in a while. Mm-hmm from the, you know, if you want to call it like my, my generation of guys, there, there was a handful of guys that went through it, but it was usually like, uh, there were two officers from team three that went, Mm -hmm. um, the, the biggest reason why they went is that it was like a logistical rotation thing is that they had this like six month period of where they, they basically were kind of like in between things and didn't have shit to do anyway. And so he's yeah. like, well, fuck, send them to ranger school. You know, it was one of those kind of yeah, things. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's only been a, a handful of guys that have gone through it. Like, it's not like sniper school where a ton of fucking mm-hmm. SEALs go through it. You know, it's, it's fairly rare. So,
1: Well, and it's, it's just a leadership course is how it's been. Yeah,
3: but, you know, to like a, a SEAL who's been through it would never consider themselves a ranger, you know, so.
1: Well, the the Army's the only branch that's really like that where they have, like, courses everyone... Yeah, does I mean, like, it is, it is nobody weird. goes to sergeant's course in uh, yeah. the Marines or a corporal's course or the things like, yeah, that's a very like army thing. Yeah. Um,
3: and like in, in the Navy, they're not going to send, you know, anybody else in the Navy through yeah. buds, but then not go to a seal team. You yeah, know, it's yeah. like, why would you do that? I don't know. It's weird.
1: Yeah, no, it's uh people <clears throat> are very adamant about things like that. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, some of it's like a little fire starter, type thing like i, I kind of like it but like i like it because i know they'll stick around for the next thing And the next thing is like hey go get some help or go yeah. work out or something yeah. right um i'm trying to think if there's any i've taken down um the one that was mo- uh the one that i didn't anticipate the reception it would receive the most was uh one my wife had come up with she she said that we should talk about it it was about the withdrawal from afghanistan in particular and um it was uh you know I can't remember the exact wording I can't remember it but you know no one left behind means something different to me Mr President and like I remember I posted it it was twelve on like a Wednesday or Thursday and I was like walking out of the house and then I was I, like pulled out my phone and I was just like oh my
3: the Secret Service pulls up
1: uh, no <laughs> no they don't want to waste their time yeah. um they're like no there's nothing there just an idiot with cardboard yeah um but like I. I was like, wow, this is wow, this is a lot. And then it just started rolling. That one just started rolling. I didn't anticipate that. Yeah. And then it wound up on a bunch of different things. And then, you know, immediately after that, there was like there was all the stuff that happened with those Marines and that soldier that died. It was just an it was insane. All yeah. the stuff that happened, all that. But I didn't anticipate that. I didn't anticipate that like something that I said would be like. taking that seriously.
0: Yeah.
3: Is that the, the post or sign that's gotten the most traction or is there one that's been even more? Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, numbers wise, is there a way to quantify it? Yeah.
1: Wow. One of the (coughs) Trumps shared it. It was on like news websites. Yeah. Mel Gibson shared it on his telegram.
3: Yeah. That's wild.
1: Yeah. Didn't cast me for a movie. So you
3: basically know those people then.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, it's funny because you say that because you're you work on the internet, but like how real that is because yeah. people start to view it like a cafeteria.
3: Yeah, it's like yeah. oh, they sit at your lunch table now. Yeah. yeah, no,
1: well, it's yeah. I mean, I'm just flabbergasted by it too. But like the reality of it is, is this was just something I did working at a healthcare company to make myself laugh. Yeah, and my me and my friends laugh like me yeah. making dumb jokes, and to get to a point to where like I'm having like some version of commentary on like a global issue, is um, that made me like really. That was a big shift and like, I need to be more deliberate and intentional in what I'm doing, yeah. right? Yeah. Does that make sense?
3: No, for sure it does. I mean, the Epstein thing is, is kind of similar that way. Like, I, I Kind of.
1: Yours is way bigger than mine. You were not, literally said Epstein on Fox News. I think you and Alex Jones were the only people to say Epstein on Fox News at that point.
3: Well, but I, you know... My, Don't say I, Alex
1: Jones. Edit that out, so this doesn't get demonetized. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I, I guess my point is, is that similarly, like, it was an off-the-cuff, just fucking with him joke. Just doing it, yeah. That... I would have never Did uh, you think they were going to play it? No, I didn't even think that. <laughs> I, I just assumed there's no way that they would air it and it wasn't live. So it wasn't like
1: It was just a segment. Like you probably would you shoot it here or somewhere.
3: Uh, yeah, well, uh, yeah, I mean in in their studio in Dallas is where I was at. You know, Jesse was in New York or DC or wherever the fuck, but but we recorded it a few days ahead of time. So yeah. like they left it in. It was there. a
1: segment. You were talking about your company, correct?
3: Yeah. It was sort of. I mean, it was just it was the You're talking about dogs. Yeah, because it, it was right after the um it was a, a raid on ISIS where a dog uh, went in on the uh, Baghdadi guy. Okay. And as the dog was approaching, and he clacked himself off. Yeah. And so, like the media does, you know, oh hey, shit, there was a dog that induced this blah blah blah. Yeah. Let's bring dog yeah. people on, and we'll. Somebody
1: give know. me a dog guy. Yeah. 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 I mean,
3: that's hundred yeah. percent. You know, so there was a handful of interviews over a couple day period that I did. Yeah. Yeah. You're you getting know, screened and, and uh, uh,
1: everything. That's that's that's, that's you know, what's fascinating. Is yeah. Somebody. In my mind, I want to say it was one of the Murdochs. Yeah. They're like, run it, mate. Yeah. You know, run the Epstein clip.
3: Yeah. Well, I I guarantee, well, yeah, I mean, not so strangely enough, I've not been asked back since then. So, (laughs) you know, figure that one out. Uh, But anyway, you know, I guess my point is, is that similarly, um, you know, like I, I had no no idea that that would have done what it did. And, and it certainly wasn't my intention. either. You know, you're, you
1: know? you're accredited with like literally yeah, that, on which is the stupid
3: because that's a hundred percent not the case.
1: But I don't know, man. Nah. I've, I did a little, I did a little deep dive on it. And until you, until you like cross the threshold, nobody was like, Rrr. Well,
3: I, I mean, I'm, whatever.
1: I love how you're looking at it. You're like, yeah. And you know, it's, it's yeah. of like, it's not a finished trained dog. You shouldn't do it. And you know, Epstein didn't kill himself and you yeah. just, you don't even blink. Yeah. Right. You, you went know. back to where you were in hell week for a second. <laughs> <laughs> you were like there. I was asleep.
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm mean, like I said, I, it just, uh, it was a, a, a weird thing that kind of similarly, I was like, well, you know, maybe I should be more careful about that. But ultimately I don't give a fuck, you know, like it's just, uh, you know, not doing what you do. I do what I do with this show. And, and uh, if somebody has me on, I'm going to say what I think and, and whatever. And and for me, it was just more about two things. One was fucking with him because uh, it seemed like he was kind of half-ass in the interview. Like it seemed like he was taking it more like a joke and was was kind of di- being dismissive about yeah. the whole thing. Like, yeah, and asking he, dumb. He's questions. doing them all day, and like, yeah, he's and just not going even, through the yeah, fucking motions, yeah, you know. But but uh, but the other thing too was legitimately it was just like you know this guy's fucking crooked. You know, he's part of uh, you know a, an enormous sex trafficking ring that needs way more attention. Uh, brought to it, so. It
1: had to be done. I just love that you did it. Yeah, well. Right? Because, like, that's, that's, we're talking about, like, a lot of different things. Like, the shit from, like, doing stuff on, like, your own personal scale to, like, where it becomes public. And then where jokes become, like, bigger things. Yeah. Right? But, like, you, the joke is what got you there to have a real serious conversation about. It It is kind of weird that, you know, the most prolific, world-renowned, famous human trafficker ever died in one of the most secure prisons ever when there was no footage and he hung himself when
3: the cameras were broken and during the guard shift cameras were broken guard
1: shift. It sounds like a bad Michael Bay movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah,
3: it's fucking like you couldn't, I mean, to me, there's, it's like, it's either they're that fucking stupid or they think we're that stupid. You know, it's like, it's equally bad. Yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, anyway, um, well, so I I guess, you know, uh transitioning back into the uh to the science stuff. I mean uh-huh. like i I know you talked about the mission statement. Uh where do you go from here with it?
1: I mean, for, for me, I'm just gonna trying to continue to grow the community. Um, like I said about the podcast is the thing I've I've thought about doing. Um I'm really trying to go out of my way to partner and advocate for resources that are good for healing uh, be they traditional or non-traditional um psychedelics is a big thing i'm highly interested in texas is decriminalizing at the rapid rate from what i understand um you know i went through a treatment myself through vets um doing uh ibogaine and dmt which was a i couldn't even begin to explain it, but it was a it was a completely life-changing experience uh and you know um, my main shift has been spending as much time as possible with my family. For so long, my goal has been provide for them as much as I can. So focus on getting as much as I can, like resources, money, money, money equals freedom, right? Like, that's just it. Yeah. And so I was like, if I get as much money as I can, if I'm moving through my career as much as I can, I'll be able to give them the life that I want and provide for them best I can. It was just, I was off, right? I should have been just focusing on spending as much time with them. And when I shifted to that, my, my uh, career my opportunities have have just like quadrupled yeah um and my time with them has like everything's gotten better once i made that shift to like how do i do this as yeah. much as humanly possible cuz that's what happened to me in covid i know it was hard and it was a pandemic and all these things were happening my experience was completely different i got to spend more time with my family than i ever had before and it was just like a drug yeah and i know cuz i've done a lot of them <laughs> um allegedly yeah. But, like, I was just tapped into, like, I just want to be here with them as much as possible because I love them. I do. I love yeah. them more than anything. I love my yeah. daughters and I love my wife. They're yeah. incredible. Yeah. Like, we and made a fort for a month. Yeah. It was awesome.
3: And so, is that the the goal for you personally now is to just continue to do that? And, yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, in a perfect world, I would uh, keep the ho- home I have now, sell it in a few years, make a farm, and then do, like, some, like, veterans retreats there. Yeah. Right? Like, that's, yeah. like, a, a bunch of drugs and I mean, yeah, yeah. You, you want to come down, you can come yeah. down. man. All right. Yeah. No, no, I just, we've tried a lot of ways to get better. We've got to try different ways. And yeah. that's what I want to do. Yeah.
3: No, I think it's, I think it's awesome. I, I love what you have going on. The the whole brand that you've built around uh, you, these signs is really cool. And, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of you. And I love what you're doing. So, Thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, and I appreciate you taking the time to come here and talk about it. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about before we uh, close it out?
1: No. I can't think of Nothing. anything else. a um, no
3: smart ass joke, anything?
1: No, just Epstein didn't kill himself. Yeah.
3: You you heard it here first. And uh well shit, man. I appreciate it. Um for those of you listening, uh, thank you. is there any shout outs you want to give or any uh anything like that?
1: Uh shout outs, uh, get all your coffee from Black <laughs> Rifle, Derek Carver, thanks. I love you. Uh yeah. Ryan Madden, you're one of the best men ever, and uh love you girl. I'll see you soon.
3: Yeah, amen. Uh, For the listener, thank you for your uh, unwavering support, show after show. I appreciate it. Uh, If not for you, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. So thank you, guys. If you didn't enjoy it, feel free to choke yourself. And until next time, this is Mike Drop.